And, you know, I don't, it's not, they're not mine. It's not my voice. I have to think about who, who is the person looking at this? Mm. Who's the target market here? You can't put yourself on each project because it's not about you. It's about the consumer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Deficit Podcast. I am your host, Adam Aubrey. This podcast is brought to you by the Omnia Theater. And my guest today is a good old friend of mine um, from my amazing, famous years in high school, Mercedes Campbell. She is a marketing expert and currently is the director of marketing for the Executive Table Group down here in Vancouver. They are a high-end restaurant chain. And she is a marketing and PR pro. I'm very lucky to have her on today. And I'd like you all to meet her. Mercedes, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are That's you? Good. I'm great. I'm doing fine. Um, why don't you just uh, start off with a little bit about marketing and PR? Because like, I'm, I'm honestly, I have an idea of what it is. And apparently it's something that I do with this company anyhow. <laughs> but I never went to school for it. I've like, um, yeah. And in case there's any people interested in getting into it that might be watching. Yeah. Why don't you give us a rundown? Yeah, I mean, I think marketing, people don't really realize how much there can be in marketing, really. You know, real, day to day, we're all marketing ourselves all the time. Yeah. You're talking about yourself, and, you know, when you apply for a job, you're marketing who you are. So marketing really is just, like, selling. It's basically sales. Sales and marketing gets lumped in together. Mm -hmm. Marketing and PR gets lumped in together. PR is short for public relations, which is really just talking to people. Yeah. And, um... I didn't go to school for it either. <laughs> just winging so, it, eh? Just winging it. Nice, nice. Um, I went to school for graphic design, so I was always kind of in the arts world. I wanted to work, you know, the pipe dream was to move to New York and work for Vogue. Oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah. It doesn't have to be such a yeah. pipe dream. I mean, you've I, climbed the ladder pretty it. quick so far. We'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, marketing my job currently, what I do as the director is we have six restaurants, uh, one in Richmond, one in Squamish, one in North Vancouver, and three in downtown Vancouver. Oh, wow. And so my job is basically to just, you know, let people know about our restaurants. I work with the teams in-house. So I do all of the social media marketing. So social media being, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. kind of all of those online channels, all social media marketing, mm -hmm. um, email marketing. So that's just, you know, when you get things to your inbox, I'm sure everyone, it's Go the straight to spam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just Black Friday. So we're all email fatigued. Oh, really? You know, it's black. I don't know about you, but for me, I got so many emails over the past week. Yeah. American Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all the things. And so, like anybody who has even this snippet of your data is sending you promo shit. Oh, and you guys, anything you sign up for these days, when it's like, accept the terms and conditions, like, they're just selling your information. Yeah. When you get emails, you're like, no, I don't think I signed up for this. It's because your information was sold to someone, and here we are. It's a pretty dark, <laughs> like, tactic that they use, honestly. Like, it, it's kind of rude, frankly. Like, the, here's, mm -hmm. like, you know, apparently it's consensual, but, like, we're just going to steal your identity, practically, and, like, sell everyone it. So that they all know yeah. who you are and what you're into. And there's lots of tools that you can use to find people's emails as well. I use them sometimes when I need to really? find people, in, um, you know, people that work for Condé Nast Traveler. If I want to mm. get writers in from like Forbes Traveler or whatever. Because with our restaurants, all of our restaurants are within hotels. So I help with, I assist on the hotel side as well. Wow. 
Um, so if I want writers to come in and stay and, you know, <clears throat> write a review or get us in a magazine or put us in a publication, I'll still there. I'll find their emails. Got to share that resource with me. Yeah, I will. That would probably be <laughs> off very camera. helpful. <laughs> yeah, off camera. All right. Yeah, you yeah. bet. So other than email marketing as well, I've got social media marketing, email marketing, and then I do all the digital marketing. So Google ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, all of that. Wow. And then, um, Print marketing, you know, still I, I do all the menus for all the restaurants, any of the collateral that they need within the restaurants, business cards, posters. Holy shit. Mercedes, that's a that's a plethora of marketing that I didn't even I didn't even understand that they were all separate aspects of marketing, but yeah. Jesus, that's that's a lot. I just hired a social media marketing coordinator. So he's realistically my assistant in a sense. He, he's not, you know, just my assistant. Yeah. He helps everyone. Yeah. Um, but he's under my command, I guess. And so he just helps with the, the social because it's insane. There's so many platforms and with six restaurants. And then we help maintain five of the hotels. Having 11 accounts is... A, a, That's a, a lot. Job. Yeah. That's a <laughs> because lot. Because when you talk about social media marketing, it's one thing to be posting, which mm-hmm. we have to post every day on all of our <clears> channels <throat> yep. for all of the restaurants and hotels. But then there's the engaging side. You have to, as an account, also... Like other people's posts, you have mm-hmm. to comment back, you have to reply, you have to reply to DMs, you have to watch stories, you have to watch reels, and that's like not a- even the content creation, which you know about as well. I mean, yeah. making reels, taking photos, we hire photographers and videographers to do the work for us, but wow. then we have to, you know. That's immense. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a big operation. Like, I mean, there are the hotels that they associate with, like all the restaurants are in hotels. Are you allowed to mention which hotel chain they might be? Yeah, so it's Executive Hotel Group. Oh, it so, is? Oh, okay. okay yeah, essentially, okay. Um, Executive Hotels is a family-owned company for a long time. Mm-hmm. Hoteliers here in Vancouver. Um, we have Executive um, and then they have each, some of them are their own sub-brands. So one of the hotels downtown is the Exchange Hotel. And it's it's our new one of our newer ones. It's lead certified, which means it's like a super eco friendly. Wow. We got a Michelin recommendation, which is really exciting on the like the Michelin. Is this the one down in Coal Harbor? Or... Mm-hmm. Wow, it's beautiful. And yeah. so Ex- Exchange is owned by Executive, um, but they it was you know they wanted to branch out and have different identities as well. So the one in North Vancouver is called Seaside Hotel. It's right in the key in the shipyards there. Oh yeah, I've been there. It's yeah. Nice one. Yeah. That's yeah. A- so we've got seaside provisions in there. So essentially, like the kind of long and short of it is, the owner um, of these hotels, he's the one of the sons, and he loves to travel, loves to great food, you know, loves all of that. And previously, they were having the spaces in their rest in their hotels leased to you know like a Moxies or a White Spot mm-hmm. or a whatever. Yeah. And in like 2018, he was like, why am I doing this? I, I love restaurants. I want to own restaurants. Um, and that's when he met my really good friend, Claire, and her husband, Mark. They previously worked for Global. Okay, yep. And um, when they were looking to change, they met him. His name's Salim. And went in together on making the first restaurant, which was Hydra, which is in the Exchange Hotel. It's our Greek restaurant. I, I've heard about this one, and apparently it's amazing. It's fantastic. We're number one on TripAdvisor for three years in a row. Holy shit. And we just took number two and three as well with our French restaurant called Alouette, and then our newest restaurant, which is Parker Rooftop. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love good food. I love good food. Greek food sounds... I love good Greek food. What's your So at this Hydra place, what's your favorite dish there that they do? We've got really amazing, like all of the food's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love octopus. Our octopus is yes. so good. Yes. Um, I love like with a crisp glass of like 
like a, a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chablis. Mm. Some nice. Octopus. Nice. So good. But the souvlaki, so mm. good. I love. Like, you can't be a functioning Greek restaurant if you don't have good souvlaki. Oh, and we though. have That's killer like souvlaki. The staple dish there, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. My lunches are often tomato salad with a chicken skewer. Oh, Greek tomato salad. Oof. Nice. So good. Oh, fuck. Big God old damn. wedge of feta. Yeah, man. Oh, God. Shit. I got to go check that place out. I haven't yeah, been out come. to eat in a long time. That'd you, be great. Uh, you let me know anytime. Yeah? My personal guest. Cool. How did So how did you end up, like, you, you went to school for graphic design. How did you end up doing the marketing thing? Like, wh- how does one, like, break into that world? So I went to school for graphic design in 2015 yeah. in Vancouver. That's why I moved from Kamloops. Um, I went to the Vancouver College of Art and Design. Mm-hmm. I was intending to go to Emily Carr, but the program was four years, and it was at the time when they were transitioning into their new building. Okay. So there were going to be classes at Granville Island, at the new building, and downtown. You'd have to be going everywhere. I was going everywhere. I didn't want to be in school for that long. I wasn't a school person, you know. Obviously, I feel that. we know lots of people that went, you know, right to university and still all, live in basements. All, and and I that was not for me. After high school, I didn't go to school. I started serving. I moved out. I did all like all of that. I traveled. I went to Asia. Yeah. And when I came here, I went to school for graphic design. I met my ex-husband. Okay. Yep. And um Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, we can get into that. We will <laughs> later. We will. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Um uh we moved to the island where he's from. We moved to Nanaimo. Nice. And uh not really. No. Sorry to any viewers no. or listeners. Nanaimo is going to be a great town one day, but it's it's taking a long time. Is it just too quiet or what's the... It's, that's is, There's a whole... I'm, it's got so much potential. Mm. It's so close to Vancouver. It's you know right on the water. There's a lot, but it just feels like they don't have the right people in place to make it the booming city that it could be. Yeah, it, it takes proper it takes people time. in the top It spots, takes proper right? planning. Mm-hmm. So one day but. are other people there like kind of just like unwilling to let it progress to what you think it could be or is it like it's, a, it's so funny because I thought I would like it so much because Kamloops you know having been away for long enough it's such a great town mm-hmm. it's a great city they have a lot going on you, like especially you know downtown Kamloops they've got in the summer there's so many festivals there's a rib festival yeah it's fantastic there. So I I can't bring myself to be there anytime about the summer like I go yeah. there for Christmas for the family and stuff but mm-hmm. like and there's been like a real uptick in um, I'm not going to get into that side of it <laughs> yeah. all, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. It's, Anyways, we moved to yeah. Nanaimo, yeah. Yeah. okay, and I was fresh out of design school thinking, like, amazing, I'm never going to be a waitress again. I went to school. I'm going to have a real job. I'm a big girl now. And let me tell you guys, uh, like, minimum wage or whatever the wage was at the time in 2016, I guess. It's all like $13, $14 an hour. I want to say, yeah, like maybe minimum wage was 14 bucks an hour. I think I was making like fifteen fifty as a junior designer at a print uh, print shop in Nanaimo. Mm, well, there's, there it is. I mean, like it's printed. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And there was yeah. nowhere in Nanaimo. And I didn't Ugh. know enough. And so I, you know, I don't know how people survive. I don't know how people survive. I was used to serving and you make tips and you make all this amazing money. And so I started to freelance as well on the side. Smart. Okay. Okay. So, so I was you, working at yep. a graphic des- or a print place. I was serving and I was freelancing. On were you on any of the the job sites like Fiverr or something like mm-hmm. that? Or? No, I just personal connections, people. Wow. Um. So I started freelancing, and then social media really started becoming. I mean, we had I had Instagram maybe in grade twelve. Yeah, I, it, which was twenty eleven. Yeah. And <clears throat> it wasn't anything. 
I don't know the actual proper timeline of like when people started to advertise or like take social media seriously. When influencers became a thing, they were kind of starting in the like 2010. Like when we 20- were, I feel like it was like mostly big YouTube people. I was like, going to say it was YouTubers. Yeah, the term influencer wasn't even really a thing yet. Totally. Yeah. So that kind of really started to get going in like 2017, 2016, 2017, where it was way more mainstream. Mm -hmm. People started asking me, you know, like, can you help me with my Instagram? Can you help me with my social media? I need a Facebook page. I need this. I need that. All this stuff. And it wasn't graphic design, but I have worked in, you know, the service industry for long enough. I'm a people person. I'm smart enough. You know, I'm a great writer. I'm a great talker. I I love the way you talk about yourself, that confidence is something that more people, especially women, like really need to like have. It's Thank okay, you. and it's okay to talk like that. Like, I think a lot of um, a lot of people these days think it's almost selfish to speak about yourself in a positive manner. Yeah. But you need to recognize your strengths. One hundred percent. You absolutely do, because with that also comes the ability to recognize your weaknesses even more. One hundred percent. And to improve upon those. So, like, yeah, just I just wanted to put that. Yeah. It's really cool to hear you say that about yourself. Thanks. It's that is great because I've you come do, a long way. Yeah, I mean, like, high school Mercedes was also pretty cool. <laughs> but to see that you've like come out this way, like you you are a, a very strong professional working girl, it seems, and like you've got the fucking moves. You've been hustling this whole time, yeah. And it shows, like Thank you've you. been doing really well for yourself, from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry, keep no, keep no, going, no. Though. It's it's fun to like kind of rehash this and actually go down the timeline and realize how much I've done. Oh or yeah, how far I've come. Yeah, you know, it's because you just you get through the days you mm-hmm. know the days become years and you get to this place but it's fun to go back and be like oh shit okay yeah I it was something uh, cool. something i got told when i was going to therapy for a couple of years uh there I, everyone needs it fuck so much more than they think too mm-hmm. when if, if if you don't think you need therapy it means you PSA. fucking need therapy <laughs> yeah you're just the problem. so you know yeah listener please <laughs> if you're thinking in your head this guy's crazy go to fucking therapy It'll and he's be... still crazy, but oh, yeah, you'll I be am. able to understand him a little better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my therapist helped my crazy look normal. Yeah, it's there great. you go. Um, but she <laughs> gave me this word. I was having a bit of a midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, but a couple of mental illnesses here and there, whatever. But um, one of the things that she helped me out with, because I was just like, I did not think that I would be how I am at this age when I look back at what I wanted to oh, be, geez. right? Oh, None of us are, no. right? But she was like, well... If you were next to yourself at 14 years old, what do you think your 14-year-old self would think about what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you'd probably think it was pretty cool, honestly. And from that point forward, it's like you just try to honor that thought. Totally. And yeah, it's called shadow work, I think, or something like yeah, it's like like when you think about yourself as a child and what you would, what mm-hmm. you thought you'd be at thirty or what you thought you'd be at forty or yeah. twenty five or whatever, like a a constant perception of the fourth dimension. You know, yeah. you're like looking back in time and like being able to reflect on it consistently. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's a really helpful piece of advice with a lot of that. Like, th- and that's where looking back on things can be really helpful. A lot of people are so stuck in the present and worried about what's coming ahead. Myself included. Yeah. They just don't take the time to just breathe and recognize how far they've come, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not how you pictured it, Mm -hmm. you know, are you, you, are you happy with the way things have turned out for you? 
Uh, yeah, today for sure. Like this at, at this point in my life, currently, yes. I would like last like last year was the worst year of my life. I got divorced. I like all of that. I changed jobs. I I let go of my company with my best friend. I had friends move. I there was a lot of moving parts. But I finally feel like I'm planted in the right place. Out of the tunnel on the other side totally. now. Totally. Eh? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. So Thanks. you're moving. So you're going forward with. Um, you started your company and yeah, I started were, freelancing. Yeah, and you're a real fucking go getter. Yeah, personal so connections, exactly. moving forward, I, making mm-hmm. social media profiles for people. Yeah, and helping maintain them. And I, uh, I left the print company. The print company I worked <laughs> for really specialized um, in real realtors. Because oh, okay. they, there's a lot of real estate on the island. Um, I mean, there's a lot of real estate everywhere, but there's a lot of beautiful homes on the island, a lot of big name realtors over there. And so one of the agents that got all of his print done, because when you're, you're selling a house, you need feature sheets, you need business cards, you need postcards that you put in the mailboxes in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like They have a lot of stuff that they do for every single home. So it's continual business all the time. Okay. You know, they have photo shoots for every house. They want to post them on social media. They're like every single house is being marketed. So he, wow. one of their one of the people who printed there, he poached me as to be his assistant and his like lead lead person. Cool. To maintain all to bas- basically be his marketing person. Wow. For his team. Uh so I went over there. I that was a blip <clears throat> of life. He he's uh we moved on from him. Okay. <laughs> I started working for a different agent. Yep. And uh, that was going really well. All this whole time, also serving in the evenings. Um, and then I ended up being the manager of that restaurant as well. Hey, turning up, eh? Yeah, it okay. was a lot. And I was also, got, you know, I got engaged in that time. We moved yep. out uh, to like a great house. There was lots of things going on. It was fabulous. Um, I started working. I was working for yeah, a lot. I was freelancing for multiple real estate agents. Um, and then I heard about this company in Kamloops called Pepper. Um, they're still a thing. They're, I, they, I learned a lot from them, but they was called. They were virtual assistants. Oh, cool! So you don't have to have an assistant. Necess- like you don't really need to have someone actually with you. You know, the world. Yeah. You can online chat, and we can have Zoom calls. And this was before COVID. Mm-hmm. So I, I started working with them as well to help assist. Um, and I didn't love the way they were running their company, so I stepped back. I left and kept doing my own thing. Kept freelancing, and then COVID hit. And I was at the time working for a bunch of agents as their like lead marketer, and the company just kind of fell apart because of COVID. Yeah, obviously, you know, everything fell apart. People couldn't, you couldn't do showings anymore, you know, without wearing like booties and masks and things and all. Like there was just tons going on, and no one knew what was going to happen, so they shut their company down. But for me, all of a sudden, overnight, everyone needed online. Yeah. Okay. So the money hit for you. That's when it went up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I started at my own marketing agency at the, to begin with. It was just Mercedes Rain Creative. My sister moved here back from Australia because she had been traveling and I had to come home because of COVID. Yep. And uh, I had this one amazing client. Her name's Brandy. Shout out to Brandy Joy Smith. I love her <laughs> so much. I've since met her um, a few multiple times. She lives in LA. She oh, was nice. A, she was someone that I had been connected to virtually as a virtual assistant, all this stuff. I became her virtual assistant. And she really turned everything up because she put, she was in this like women's, you know, entrepreneur, women's mothers, mother group online. 
And there were tons of people looking for virtual assistants in this chat. And she just, like, plopped my name in. And was like, oh, Mercedes Rain's the best. Like, she's your girl. And when my, like, honest to God, the week my sister arrived, she came and lived on the island with my ex and I in our house. And we woke up one morning and I was like, I think we're being spammed. Because Brandy didn't tell me she'd put my name out. Oh, so you just start, so they like, just started pouring in. what are all these in? emails? Like, this is crazy. Like, what's going on? And Brandy was like, yeah, I, I, just, put you, I just put you in this chat. Like, overnight, <laughs> we had 15 new clients. So is Brandy, is, uh, is she like a uh, entrepreneur, obviously? Like Super entrepreneurial. In, in what industry? What is she? Yeah, so she had, she was um, a, she worked in fashion in New York. Um, wow. I, the, her role is evading me. It'll come to me. Um, she like worked with, not not what your job is, but similar. Like she was the one who was like getting all the models ready, doing all the things mm -hmm. like for photo shoots. She worked with Cosmopolitan. Like she, She's like a coordinator of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, moved to LA. Met her. Or met her husband in New York. Moved to LA, and they were flipping houses and doing all that. She's got kids. She was an influencer. She's a great writer. She was just like doing all the stuff. Wow. Um, so she just needed help with her social, with her brand, with her personal brand. Mm -hmm. So we did all of that, and then again we, overnight we had like fifteen clients. In this time, decided to move back to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I couldn't live on the island anymore. I didn't like it. I didn't want to be so far from my friends. And yeah. I hated BC ferries. <laughs> That's what I hear from everyone who's moved from there. It's like they would have stayed even if the ferries weren't so shit. But the ferries weren't shit. And if they had Wi-Fi that worked and like, yeah. there's just a lot. Moved back to Vancouver. Um, one of my very best friends, Parker, he had a similar situation. He was in PR and like COVID lost his job, was freelancing, all this stuff and didn't really know what to do. And I was like, I need help. I have people asking me for PR. I don't really understand it. It's not my forte. And I could just use a hand maintaining these clients so he came on board his boyfriend matt is a photographer amazing artist um gra amazing graphic designer well, of course within graphic design there's a million different types so mm -hmm. i'm really i love like layout design working for a magazine's my dream to do you know putting it all together but actually like painting and drawing that's not my skill okay so he's like an artist artist so we basically all joined forces we started good monday creative good monday there's no such thing as a good monday so Fucking our, our, our great. That's an awesome. That's an awesome name. Yeah, that, it, was, it was great. We had a lot of fun. And looking back on that, that was only like two and a half years. We worked so fucking hard. We absolutely slayed. We we made so much money. Yeah. And then it became in incredibly hard. It just you know it, it felt like during COVID, everyone got online, and then everyone was an influencer, and everyone's got this micro yeah, company everyone was trying and, to show their life off, and like you know. It became a lot. Yeah. And, and we burnt out. We burnt out. I started to go through the processes of realizing my marriage wasn't working out. You know, we worked from home and I was, my partner worked from home as well. In that time as well, we started a, a mushroom company. Cool. So he's, he's still got the company. Um, Parker and Matt actually still do all of the marketing for it. Cause Is I, it like I, psilocybin mushrooms or? Yeah. Nice. Fungal friend. Cool. Fungal friend. I like yeah. that. They're That's fabulous. A, Shout out to fungal friend. It's kind of like a, they're like the next like weed industry, right? Like, except oh, very much there, so. There's it's like, going to become legal very soon. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, like you look at the studies that come out of mm -hmm. psilocybin and like a lot of other psychedelics too. The uh, the amount of effect it can help with, like just therapies of all sorts. Mm -hmm. I've heard really good things about people with Alzheimer's and like totally. severe PTSD and stuff, mm -hmm. anxiety, um, depression, ADHD, mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. from the ground. I mean, fuck. We've totally. already figured this out once this, already. Whatever yeah. I'm drinking has got adaptogens. Oh, and, and that's know, like shrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
anyways. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we had the the agency and my life was really spiraling out of control and Parker and Matt were moving to Montreal and I was like, you know what? I think that you guys should just take the company. I need to, I've been, free- at this point I'd been freelancing for six years, six years. And I was like, I just want a fucking job where I arrive and they pay me <laughs> and I go home. Yeah. Because as a freelancer, you're constantly on. You're hustling. You, you Your phone is ringing. Yeah. You are answering emails. It's gig work, essentially, right? Totally. You're, yeah. Finding your contracts and yeah. making it all work. It's the same way in film, right? You finish a show and you got to find somewhere yeah. to go after that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're constantly networking, schmoozing. Yeah. So I started working for Ani, um, which mm-hmm. is a development company in Vancouver. They've got so many... I see their signs fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they have a sub brand called Level, which is their hotels and long term stays. So I, started- I didn't know that. I'd, mm-hmm. I've seen the Level stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that was amazing. I <sighs> loved my team so much. I worked there for just under a year. Okay. Um, I traveled a lot. I got mm-hmm. to go to LA a lot. Nice. Um, Ani owns like the most property in downtown LA, the biggest penthouse. I got to meet some really amazing people, see some really beautiful places, stay at some really beautiful places. Wow. Um, I've seen some of your posts. Like you go down to LA pretty frequently, eh? You look like a real somebody when you're on those pictures. Right? Yeah, well, that's the good thing about social media. Yeah. Anyone's a someone. Right? Yeah, that's true enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I love to travel. So the hotel thing, I was like, oh shit, okay, okay, tra- okay, hotel stuff. Yeah, I could travel for work. It oh had never shit, really, I didn't even know? think about that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they're a hotel chain. Of course, they're gonna have hotels all over the world. Totally. All over the world. I went that's- to Seattle a lot. We had they have a hotel there. Um, I was like slotted to go to Chicago right before I quit. They have a hotel there. But um, yeah, my, during that time, I mean, I met so many amazing people. I loved it. I loved my team so much. I never would have quit unless the opportunity I have now landed in my lap. Mm-hmm. So my very good friend, Clara, as I was saying, executive table group, her, her and her husband, um, the group was growing really quickly. They just started with Hydra at the, be- at the end, beginning of 2018 <coughs> or 2019. And now we have six restaurants, so like the, it's a lot. That's, and you're still you're know. still on the up. There are oh, yeah. more more projects in the plan. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's wicked. I might know some people who might be able to help out if you need extra manpower. There we go. That'd be fucking mm-hmm. wow. That, that's awesome. So, not to cut the story off no. at all, but just to reiterate a little bit here, um, in a nutshell, to get into being a successful marketing person in general, uh, it doesn't necessarily take a degree in graphic design, but no, it takes yeah. hustle social skills, which can be built. You don't have to be naturally gift, gifted with social skills. It's totally. just like anything else you learn, right? You mm-hmm. learn how to read people, mm-hmm. how to speak to people, how to handle yourself. Um, yep. And just like getting out there, I guess. Like what what, what would you say like in like a, a quick little blurb? How, how does one go like I want to be in marketing like what this woman is doing? I think adaptability is a huge thing. You have to be able to be like quick on your feet. And yeah, uh, a person personability as well. Like, mm-hmm. you, you definitely can be learned, but you have to be able to speak to all different types of people. Mm-hmm. You have to also not have I. I think really to have like not a big ego. Yeah. For me, I have to be the voice of six completely different restaurants, and you know I don't. It's not. They're not mine. It's not my voice. I have to think about who who is the person looking at this. Mm-hmm. Who's the target market here? You can't put yourself on each project because it's not about you. It's about the consumer. Yeah. So I think thinking about it that way as well. So thinking selflessly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would say so. But also, yeah, the hustle. The hustle is real. (laughs) The hustle is real. (laughs) Quote to live by. (laughs) Yeah. So true. 
Yeah, I think in perseverance. I worked hard. I hustled my ass off. I was I worked a lot of jobs to get where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm finally, you know, in this place. But I was always serving on the side, you know, meeting people, doing things, going to events, putting myself in, putting myself out there, trying to meet new people. Yeah. And as a freelancer and someone who's marketing, again, well, like I said at the beginning, you market yourself every day. Yeah. You go to these events, you put your best foot forward, you make a good impression. Somebody knows somebody else who needs a help, who needs help. Like you just said, you're like, oh, I might have someone to help with the restaurants. Yeah. Everybody knows somebody. Yeah. So you have to always, you know, treat people with respect, put your best yeah. foot forward so that you can, you never know what might land in your lap. Yeah. I mean, truer words have never really been spoken. I, I, I've seen this firsthand myself. I'm sure many people have, but like that's another reason to really handle yourself professionally when you're in any of these types of events, or even if if you're just out at a place, if you're at a facility or a restaurant or something that really interests you and stuff, you never know whose attention you might be catching by just going a little bit extra with how kind you want to speak to somebody, things like that. Right. Yeah. Shout out to any listeners that are in the dating world right now. Girls are looking at, or people, sorry, are looking at how you speak to your server. You treat your server like shit. Yeah, big time. I'm never going on a second date with you. Yeah. No way, Jose. I didn't find that out until like I was about two years in with my wife. Yeah. Yeah, we we went out for dinner pretty frequently, but when there wasn't many issues, but she, um, she wasn't exactly rude, but she certainly wasn't patient, I guess I could say. Mm -hmm. Took a couple verbal lashings i guess and like she kind of figured it out after a bit um I think yeah everyone i should have to serve that's exactly what i said like people who haven't worked in the service industry especially as servers like they have no idea and they're so quick to judge like they're like their job yeah. is so easy it's so whatever, not. and it's not no you're dealing with shit all the time like and like sure like when something goes really well it's just another day on the job but if something goes bad then Everyone's going to hear about it. Well, and you know, you know and another thing with with marketing, what, looking when you're hiring, for me personally, when I'm mm-hmm. hiring someone or even, you know, not be, I mean, I am in the restaurant industry marketing. Yeah. But with any job, I'm always looking for people who have served or have been in the industry because you learn so much. You have to be quick thinking. You have to be able to juggle lots of tasks. You have to be able to work with people, work with people you don't like, speak to people that are assholes to you mm-hmm. and still let them have a good experience. Work with chefs who are, you know, screaming at you. The yeah. hostess triple seats you. The cutlery's not done. The bill's not printing. <clears throat> the f- the plates are hot. The things are done wrong. Like you're constantly thinking 10 steps ahead and that's adaptability. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That that's that's uh, getting into marketing in a nutshell, right there for you guys. Yeah. And she knows this chick's a pro <laughs> for real. <laughs> like served a long time. I've yeah. been serving for twelve years total. Well, fuck, you can muscle out a fake smile real easy then. Oh, by hell now, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's Every awesome. once in a while, I still get to be on the floor. Like a couple of days ago, at one of our newer restaurants, Parker Rooftop, we were flipping the room for a Christmas party, and I had a tray, and I was bringing all the glasses, and I was like, you know what, guys. Let me run the floor tonight. Really? That's <laughs> I did not do it. Oh, but no. I thought, I could do this again. Fuck yeah. I'm, I miss it. You get around it again and it, it kind of, yeah, you, there is something nice about working in service. Like just 
being it feels more what's we're looking for the heartbeat of it it's like faster it's a faster yeah, oh, pace yeah. it's you get exciting. into flow state yeah there's nothing better than serving flow yeah. state or it's a design whatever your flow state is yeah when you get into that mode and nothing else matters you know your music's right you're in your headphones you're just like writing or designing or whatever yeah. it is you're doing serving on a busy night when everything's going right like you were saying yeah and you're just your tables are good and you're running around and all of a sudden the night's over it's eight it's you know it's been eight hours everyone's doing their tips at the bar drinking a glass of wine maybe you're all gonna go out later you're eating a plate of fries there really isn't a it's better post-work ritual than no. when you work in a restaurant man. there is not when i was traveling through new zealand i got a job at a place called pravda it was a mm-hmm. high-end bistro in the um Wellington Central Business District. Okay. Um, swankiest place I ever served at. Like, I, I had a serving job at Denny's mm-hmm. and, like, I was a bartender at the Halston Pub for a while there. No. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, my yeah. God. When I was running my karaoke nights there, like, we need an extra guy to fucking Love help with it. the bartending. And then I ended up, when I wasn't doing karaoke night there, I'd be bartending uh, two or three days a week. It wasn't much, mm-hmm. but it was just enough to deal with the clientele and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I did some banquet serving and stuff too, like catering and shit like that. But when I got into this place in New Zealand, it was immaculate. Like these just giant chandeliers and like marble floors, like the whole work. It was just, it was beautiful. It was more high end than anything I'd ever worked in. And um, my first day on the job, I got there, we served some tables and stuff, you know, whole day goes through. And at the end of the day, um, my manager Dex, but with a new, with a Kiwi accent, he calls himself Dix <laughs> from Dix, and, nice. and uh, he locks the doors of the place. Uh, says, "Sit right here. I'll be right back." Okay, I sit down, and the dishwasher comes out from the back of house, sits down. Our other bartender Hugo sits down, and then Dix comes up with two bottles of our most expensive port and like a charcuterie board that could yeah. feed twelve. With like all the preserves and everything, and I sat there for hour and a half, two hours, drinking expensive wine, eating mm-hmm. delicious food, and literally just talking about all these different cultures. Because our our dishwasher was a Quebecer from Montreal, and then Hugo was from Paris, like actual mm-hmm. France, mm-hmm. and then Dex was a Kiwi, and then here's me, a West Coast Canadian guy, right? Yep. And it was just wild. And I was like, th- that th- that was the moment where I was like, this is this is why I traveled. Yep. But then I realized when that was all going on that like that's just also the biggest perk of working in food and beverage and 100%. service is like you don't get that kind of bond with a lot of other people if you work in sales here and there like if you're in like a brick and mortar business like that maybe you got like one cool manager who's got a a fridge with some beer in the back mm-hmm. that you guys have some drinks with after work mm-hmm. but nothing like that like when you have it's the best yeah that that's really yeah. i forgot all about the camaraderie of it have you watched the bear Yes. Holy shit. Amazing. So most of my personal Instagrams basically just turned into a Jeremy Allen White stand. Like, <laughs> take me now, Jeremy. I know you're single. Uh, divorced after seven years. Me too, babe. <laughs> I'm ready and willing. I can't wait. He is a... Oh. He, oh yeah. The blue eyes, man. Yeah. yeah. You know I'm a sucker for blue eyes. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking back on it now, I think I, that huh. makes sense now. Yeah, huh. blonde hair, blue eyes. It all lines up now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But but the bear. Yeah. You've watched both seasons. Yes. The fucking episode when cousin like gets to figures like he becomes. It clicks. Yeah. 
You got the suit on? Yeah, yeah. Like, for me especially as well, moving to Vancouver, being in Kamloops, I served in Kamloops all the time as well. White Spot, Boston Pizza, and then the Commodore. Mm -hmm. And the Rockin' Firkin. Oh. There. If you're not firking at the rocking at the firkin, you're not firking rocking. Fucking, <laughs> I, I we did karaoke nights there for a while. Jesus Christ, it's that little Polish guy yeah. who ran the place. He, mm-hmm. But if not a nice I guy. felt for a long time there in Kamloops, not good about serving. Mm-hmm. It's a small town. You're working in small town restaurants or whatever, and it's a means to just <clears> make money until you can get to your real job. To yeah. get to your real job. To get to your real job. To go to school. To do whatever. Then I moved to Vancouver, and you know, you meet career servers and people that have been doing this for thirty years, and oh hell yeah, and and then you know shows like The Bear, and pe- like I feel like Anthony Bourdain really became you know with all the like cooking shows we have on Netflix now, and you know Hearts Unknown, just all of that. No I've reservations. Started, oh god, so good. Just the- so good. The lay- did you ever watch his The Layover? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like when you just have what twenty four hours in a city. Yeah, I'm a super but, I mean, fan. parts and yeah. I am too. Yeah. I am too for sure, for sure. Kitchen Confidential. Come on. I, I, you know, I gotta read it. I don't know if you knew this, but we when we were in high school. But I actually have a reading disability. Oh, honey. I didn't figure that out until after high school. Okay. Um, I think it was I was out to dinner with my wife. Um, I think it was for a birthday or something. But my mom was out with us. And we were just talking about school. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, it was just it was always it was always really hard for me. Like I I could do. Any of the more physical stuff, I was in like, you know, I was in all the fucking human performance mm-hmm. triathlon training. I did guitar and stuff like that, sure. I was okay with English and like, um, I was interested in sciences, but I couldn't really handle the math for it yet. Same. Yeah. And, I, and my mom goes, that's because you have a learning disability. I was like, what? You're, sorry, now's the time to Yeah, you're me? telling me this now? You just let me think I was the slow kid for like my entire high school career and elementary school? I guess when I was younger, like, um, I got this really gnarly fever on this road trip we did down to Disneyland. Um, 105 for three days. Half my brain shut down. Yeah. In California. And, uh, we didn't go to the ER because we didn't have travel insurance. So my mom being like- parents. (laughs) Raised by German immigrants who fled the second world war and like my opa was a german sniper back in that like they were hard people so my mom was still to this day like unless you're physically bleeding you're not going to the hospital okay so you can ride it out kind of thing and i yeah so gave me a learning disability a fine motor skills malfunction i had to go to therapy for Um, you remember none of this I I remember I remember all of it. I just don't rem- I didn't know that the learning disability was a thing. I knew the motor skills was a thing. Okay. And I knew that my left eye was all fucked up from it. It warped my eye muscle. That's why I had to wear glasses for so long. And um yeah, found out afterwards. And then just earlier this year, hence the podcast, found out I had ADHD. Yeah. Um which everyone fucking has in our age yeah. these days, but understanding that that's why th- my mind works the way it does. Mm-hmm. The superpower. <clears throat> yeah, it really made sense to me. Yeah. It helped out a lot. But um, I've always wanted to read all these books. And, like, I will read and read and read and nothing sticks. I will not remember a single thing about it. I don't have a hard time reading the words. It's just that my, my brain does not hold that information. And my eyes will just skip lines constantly. Audiobooks. Yeah, well, that's, I just got an Audible yeah. subscription, actually. I've been listening to these fucking wacky it's called the 12 books of enoch okay have you ever heard of that they used to be parts of the bible that like have been removed since but the ethiopian 
Christian faith still has them within it. It's some guy who apparently walked with God, was like the uncle to Noah or some shit. Wow. Got to the age of 380 years old. So I'm like, I was like, this sounds neat. I'm into some of that ancient aliens conspiracy yeah, yeah. shit anyhow, right? So i fucking been listening to that when I go to bed and stuff. But Kitchen Confidential, thank you for reminding me because that's going on there right when I get home. Well, like, I also love David Chang. Oh, cool! Yeah, Momofuku okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All, uh, I've been lucky enough to go to one of his restaurants in L.A. Wow. Um, yeah, I love him and his book "Eat a Peach." You should definitely read okay. or listen to. I've I had his uh, magazine subscription. He had a magazines for a while. Um, I feel called like... Lucky Peach, and I fell in love with the design of all of that. Really? So, yeah. Just I like have the, the layout of it all? And yeah, like... each, it's a quarterly. So there's only four a year, quarterly, wow. um, and not like a monthly subscription. So they're thicker, and each each one, the cover is completely different. The whole design of it is completely different every time. Wow. And it's all a different subject. Does he employ different artists for these yeah. things, too, every time? Yeah. That's Bourdain's awesome. Bourdain's been interviewed in a lot of them. I bet. They are good friends, They were very right? good friends. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain called David Chang the night that he killed himself. Mm-hmm. and. David Chang didn't answer the phone. Fuck. Yeah. Imagine that. That would be hard to live with. I can't, like, Jesus. But the, his book, Eat a Peach, he taught, he's got like a whole chapter on Anthony Bourdain, and it's very, very, very good. I've read it a few times. Wow. Yeah. I've, oh, man. Are you, is it, would it be wrong for me to assume that you find yourself at home in the kitchen often? Do, do you cook a lot? I, I've started to in the past few years. Mm-hmm. I do. I I like to cook for people. Yeah. I like to do like if you know we're having like a girls' night or a week like people in town or whatever. Being able to prepare a meal that's and picking out something fun from a cookbook that maybe you haven't done or that has always interested you. I like to cook in that sense. When I cook for myself, I have a lot of I have like I feel like a staple of about ten things that I like to do for myself that I can cook well. Mm Hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I do like to cook. It, it can be really fun. I'm, I'm a bit of a yeah. hobby chef myself, but yeah. like, it, it's kind of its own form of art. There's a certain totally. sense of creative release there. Um, I haven't really been cooking much lately, but I mean, if you're into David Chang and Anthony Bourdain, it, it just makes sense that you would be into, at least when, and when people come over and you want to prepare a good meal for them and stuff, arguably the most fucking ballsy feeling out there like when you when people come and the steaks are cooked just right or like you've I'm like, a killer at a steak yeah like a, oh yeah good steaks there's good steaks out here too like yeah. good cuts of meat and shit we got this Ukrainian butcher up the street from okay. us he only gets this triple A prime Canadian beef it's not Kobe or anything but goddamn, man it it's just perfect you come stuff. to Parker Rooftop we'll get you some Wagyu I, fuck I would love to we'll, we'll see strikes over now so I might have the budget for that again it would be great I've I, got a Wagyu tartare right now that's so good holy shit okay it's very good All right. we like smoke it in a cloche at the table well fuck I'll just sell something go for dinner yeah Sounds you good. come as my guest yeah you sure <laughs> fuck that's a dangerous proposal because I eat a lot that shit oh good oh man goddamn. we got a hotel you can stay in afterwards <laughs> I'll take it. That sounds. I can't pass up that offer. That sounds like a good time. We'll have to plan that then. That oh, sounds yeah. good. Holy shit. Yeah, I think the thing about, like, for me, the restaurants and all of it, and that's why I was saying about, like, um, that episode of The Bear, mm. when Cousin really figures this shit out. Like, I've felt that way. And being in the industry, 
I've I've loved I loved restaurants. I love restaurants so much. It's what I've always known. And now to be in this place where I'm still doing what I love in marketing, but it's for restaurants. It feels like just so perfect fit. Yeah. I, I when I was in school, I worked it for Joey, um, like Joey Restaurant Groups, and I love Joey. I love Joey. Yeah. I went, Joey Bental is where I was. It was awesome. Met a lot of amazing people there. But Bental is where his head office, and so you'd see like all the marketing girls come down for lunch, or like all the people in PR and all the people like upstairs. Cool. And I was like, how the fuck do I get up there? How I want to get yeah, up there. Yeah. And that was when I was in design school, so yeah. that's always been in the back of my mind. Huh? How do I get upstairs? Then did you, I guess you're in your own form of upstairs I'm in my now. own upstairs now. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Honestly, these kinds of stories, they really are like the the bread and butter of why I like to talk to people in the first place. Like finding, hearing about the journey, the strategy, um, and hearing from people who understand their own strengths is just like, it's food for the soul, really. Yeah. Like it's, it's inspirational because. Thank you. There's a lot of people out there who, um, they think that, that sort of career path, whether it be marketing or working in film, for example, they think it's so far away. Like mm-hmm. it's just like some movie world or something. And it's, it could just be one conversation. Yeah. And that's you know, exactly right. It could just, be one yeah. conversation. I just talked to a lamp hop buddy of mine when I was down here. I built some stuff for a friend's movie and I'd never worked in film or anything anyhow. But I built up a coffee stand and like found all these props. I was still a carpenter at the time. And, uh, we finished filming and I got to my friend's place down here to come visit him. He's a lamp op, Jacob Ortiz. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I know, right? Blast from the past. Ew. Yeah. He's a lamp operator out here. Um, well, he's a, he's a rigging LX guy now, but I was like, just tell him I can't do construction anymore. It's just, it's starting to kill my soul. Yeah. And he goes, do film. I didn't go to film school. You don't have to. Give me your phone number. Okay. I went home, quit my job without knowing, but maybe got a phone call the next day i had three days to get down here started production assistant See? on an abc pilot yeah. and next thing i know yeah you're just going forward Absolutely. a lot of times you don't need to go to school you can just do it yourself it's not like, yeah and know. and and as well if you you know be are willing to start at the ground level and put in the work mm-hmm. there are so many companies especially these days that have education budget Oh, absolutely. And we'll send yeah. you. Like, oh, you want to learn. Like, especially in the marketing world, you know, there's new platforms constantly. There's new mm-hmm. ways to create content. There's new things all the time. And so being able to go to these amazing conferences, you know, all over North America or wherever and meet other people and learn about the newest technology and learn about what's happening and all of that is huge. That's a good change way to change the topic, actually, too. I've been I wanted to ask you, um, AI is just going crazy right now right so it's scary uh, yeah good scary bad scary both yeah i mean it, it's it is a, a tool of sorts mm-hmm. right at least for 100%. Now. if if it's ever sentient i wanted to know that it's a tool that i very like yeah don't yeah, yeah don't come after me Scott. <laughs> always be nice to the yeah. weird kids you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um have you been seeing any examples of help or hindrance as far as the advancement of this technology goes I mean, yeah, I I do use it when I need for like chat GPT in cool. my brain. I'm like, I can't write another press release. I don't even know anything anymore, let alone my own name. Like, <laughs> And so I'll use it to start me off. Keep you and like then a I template will, almost? Yeah, and then I'll, you know, adapt it. And Because cool. and, I do find that it, it for me personally, like it, it puts in a lot of filler words and there's a lot of, you know, descriptors and all these things. Mm. And sometimes it just doesn't work. 
So I use that. I, th- I see it's in every single platform that I use now. Like we yeah. use Canva for some of our social stuff. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, later is our social scheduler. Um, like Squarespace for websites, WordPress for websites, you know, e- email marketing things. Like every single one has like use AI to write this or use AI to create this picture you're looking for and stuff like that. And I don't use it. I can see how it is very helpful. Mm-hmm. But I do worry that it, it's going to take jobs from designers writers oh yeah it's that's what the strikes were just over that were happening out there they're trying to scan background actors pay them a day's wage and own their their likeness in perpetuity that's fucked up for one day's wages yeah it wasn't about the actors wanting more money necessarily like at least not the big name ones it was about like background actors and like the actual working actor class who like you know they're not hugely famous but they make a living mm-hmm. acting for sure i have i know quite a few people in the yeah. industry mm-hmm. in vancouver of course yeah it is the... a lot of them are servers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a that's a good side gig for them mm-hmm. you know it keeps the schedule open and stuff but yeah they're like studios are trying to hop right on that train and just like cut 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 with like and like you know i feel like in my opinion for certain things like you know they say lawyers and accountants are actually going to be like some of the first ones to be like deleted because I'm not sure I want some AI person cracking my case. I know. When I, when I know. My ex-husband. But I mean, like with uh, I guess with look, <laughs> hey, you never know. If you could say my ex-husband got beaten by a robot in court, oh, like that would be a pretty cool. Yeah, I found that robot too. Like you know, there you go. Right. <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah. So lawyers and accountants. Yeah, because like just like. Things that would be, like, for example, in law, there's a lot of referring to other cases yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And just, like, things that are, like, kind of basic analytics what like is that. It, you're like, is it the clerk work or something that you do? Alex Wheel's a lawyer. Alex Wheel's a lawyer now? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. Is he out here? He was in Victoria. I think they're back in Kamloops. Him and uh, Lindsay, I introduced them. They both worked at Boston Pizza. They just had a baby. Wow! Yeah, yeah but he's a lawyer. Isn't I think that's called like your clerking days or whatever when you just like are the lawyer's bitch. Yeah, you just have to look everything yeah, up be a law for clerk. everyone else. My uh, cousin's a she does corporate litigation at Blake's. Um, she just made partner there. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she's fucking. Boss, Women are bitch. taking over the world. Watch out! Oh yeah. Oh, I, if you met my wife, you'd already know that. <laughs> so, um, there. I think that the AI thing, like, it has its places for sure. And it is unfortunately going to wipe out a lot of jobs. Um, I feel like we should create, like, treat the creative spirit of humanity as like our northern star. Like that is one totally. thing that should not be. Like they just had a big court case about this that some guy had all this AI art that people were just using as open source, and they ruled that it's not his art because they he had AI make it. It wasn't him making it, right? And that's fair. Honestly, you didn't put a pen to that paper. No. You told something else to make it for you. And they ruled that under th- those principles, um, anything created by AI as far as a creative um, interpretation or representation goes will never be able to be copyrighted or trademarked. It will always be a open source thing. And it, it, I think that's fair. Frankly. I agree. It's like, but it's pretty creepy that this, like you know, they, these faces and these things are being created by a robot mm-hmm. that are just on the internet everywhere. Yeah, I think a lot about teens, people in general, whatever, with all you know, the filters on Instagram. 
the you know the and those are that's not AI but just all like the well it kind of is honestly like the Snapchat the filters beginning. and stuff yeah that's I like, guess it was the beginning yeah, of it's AI primitive but it is still AI when you think when you I mean when you actually look into it especially for like the like changing your face making you look you know changing your eye color making your lips bigger making your nose smaller your cheeks higher what are you going to look like at seventy five well, exactly yeah. that that the opposite way. That but, one scared you know, me. Teen, teens, young girls, young oh. boys, people, whomever that are seeing, seeing I all see. these people online and the people they aspire to look to be. Wow, they're so beautiful. Yeah. It's not it's not real. Yeah, even That's... just like you when you see the ones that are like girls standing in a bikini in front of the <clears> mirror, like fitness models and all these things, and then they show that you can get the split screen of what they actually look like. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. Yeah. I'm a short, curvy girl, and it took a long time for me to understand I'm never... The clothes aren't going to look like that on me. Yeah. And uh, thank God I got there. But I think so many young people... It's a dangerous place for young people right now. Especially ones who are, like, just on social media all the time. They don't... They don't understand, like, reality in a sense. Like, you're, you're literally looking at everything that has been glorified and fake about our society really and comparing yourself to it complete like constantly Mm -hmm. not just like once in a while where like you open a magazine and it's been photoshopped yeah it's online every day 12 hours a day yeah and it it, like you go to a a movie we you could go to a movie when we were younger and you'd see like megan fox like i'll never be like that or i could see like fucking chris hemsworth and be like fuck you know i will never be in the six foot club I am five foot, fuck, I'm five foot six, like that. that I'm five that, one. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I mean, and I don't mean to like go tit for tat on this or anything, but as far as short men go. Mm-hmm. And I I'm, love a short king. Thank My you. My ex is short. We appreciate that. We mm-hmm. really do. It's a thing. But like, um, if you go on like some of these dating apps, a lot of them say like, gotta be at least 5'10 to ride this or whatever, like all this shit. It's bullshit. It's like. If I was, if, if, I'm going to take this to an extreme right now. Let's okay? go. If I was black <laughs> and somebody put that on their profile, like, I don't date black men. Yeah, well, that's horribly racist. Yeah, right? But there's no racism for short people, even though they used to keep short people in cages in medieval times and they used to fucking do all this terrible yeah. stuff, right? Like, it's the one physical trait that is unchangeable and that you were born with that is still completely fine to ridicule isn't there like a song short people got no reason to live i if there is then i feel terrible but yeah there is god damn Mm -hmm. that's who the fuck says that kind of stuff like yeah yeah, like that didn't see like that's where the social media thing comes in again is like if you're a kid like even if never mind a kid you're a teenager like a fucking 17 30 year old woman i still sometimes i'm like damn oh wait that's not real yeah yeah, I would be lying if I said I didn't do the same thing once in a while. You know? I think the thing with AI is we need to, like, fucking get going on educating people mm-hmm. about it, how it works, where it's being used. There needs to be some sort of, like, a trade, like, like, a watermark. Do you think that the way the educational system is structured currently in our society, do you think that's going to be something that we can get on top of fast enough? No. Yeah. Nothing happens quickly. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's one thing that needs to change too is like if we want people to think healthier about themselves and spend less time on social media, they should probably be in an education system that's more engaging, right? Something that like actually piques their interest rather than having them fucking zone out. 
I heard recently that you don't even get grades anymore. And, like, there's no due dates. Everything's due at the end of the year. And they don't get, like, A, B, C, D or whatever. It's, like, pass, fit, or pass, or, like, like well, done well. It's, like, 0 to 10 or something. I don't even know. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, that, and, like, I fucking wish. School's a social experiment. Yeah. School was started so that adults could go to work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, and so that those kids would learn what it's like to get up in the morning Go to, go to a to job work. and then come exactly. home at the end of the day and do it five days a week, right? It was, uh, who was it, the Rothschilds or Rockefellers were the ones who like invested in the first educational system mm-hmm. because they owned all these factories and they needed mm-hmm. people to be trained for Rockefeller. Factories. Yeah, it was Rockefeller, yeah, the bankers. Rockefeller Center, I was just there in New York. Fucking cool. I've never, you know what? I've only gone to Las Vegas, never been to the States other than that nightmare trip to California. That was, that was it. Las Vegas when I was 23. I just, I don't know, I've never... Um, I've never gone south. I don't. I don't know. There's so many other countries that interested me. Totally. But lately, like getting older and you know working in the in the film industry, where L.A. and New York are the only two industries above ours, you get a lot of exposure to like American society, I guess, mm-hmm. and like what it could be like and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess getting older and kind of taking more of an interest in like global like geopolitics and the sociopolitical spectrum and like how America came to be and what it is, is pretty intriguing, frankly, because yeah. it, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's America is like this empire. It's giant. It's and they'll never let us forget it. Yeah. That's the thing, right? They, they just love, they love to do that. They, they love rubbing that in, you know, Totally. it's uh, yeah, but I've, I've always, I think New York would be one of the first places I'd want to go because that, like, it's magical. Yeah, the music. What's the music like? Tell me about that. Oh man, you go I to cannot... any venues when you were there? Yes. Yeah. I cannot wait to go back. I'm already planning my next trip. Um, okay. uh, we have a hotel there. Oh wow. Okay. Thank you. I see. Making moves. Making moves. I like that. Yeah. I actually, we have a hotel there, and I stayed. I went with my girlfriend Roz and our friend Lilith. And um, so we stayed one night at our hotel, and then I have one of my past clients. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in New York. She's an author. She's amazing. We've never met still. When I was going to go to New York, I called her up, and I was like, I, we can finally meet. Like, let's let's go for lunch. We thought she was gonna, it was all going to work out. And then she called me like a month before our trip, and she was like, hey, yeah, I've got some bad news, but some good news. I'm actually not going to be in the city when you're when you're in New York, but you know what? Why don't you just stay at my house for free? So we stayed in her incredible three-story brownstone in Brooklyn, rooftop patio. Oh, wow. It was inc- it was incredible. It was so I think amazing. I saw a picture of you on the patio on that one. Showed yeah. the gram there. That's cool. It was amazing. But I so bet. like we 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 saved so much budget on accommodation. That's that incredible. we like balled out. It, we went for like this insane dinner right in Manhattan at this wow. beautiful steakhouse called Hawksmoor that it was an old bank. The thing about New York is, like, in Canada, we're not old. No. You go to New York and, like, it's— There are, like, 400 I've never been to Europe, buildings. so I, I can't wait to go to Europe. Obviously, I think, like, that it's very old and you see beautiful buildings. But My like, wife always brags about her time in Germany. when <laughs> She lived there for, like, nine months. And, like, I always talk about, like, how cool the, it is to, like, see, like, you know, some older Canadian buildings and stuff. She's like, oh, but, you know, there's thousand-year-old Roman roads well, in Germany. Totally. Okay. Yeah, I, like the thing about New York is it's it's New York City, and mm-hmm. you've seen it so much 
yeah. that you feel like you know it yeah. because of the movies and with shows. And, and not just whatever. Times Square, but like. No, like, like yeah. everywhere. Everywhere we went, we're in an Uber. And I'm like, oh my God, like this from that one section of Sex in the City. Like, remember yeah. that? Oh, this, that, the other thing. Or like, this sleep is in Seattle or whatever. The like, diner from Jerry Seinfeld. Totally. Or the cafe from Friends. 100%. You know, like, oh my gosh. The Friends apartment. I walked right by it. Carrie Bradshaw's Friend Steps. Sex and City. Walked right by it. Holy it's, it's shit. It's sick. But like everything is so old and amazing and, mm. and and huge. You cannot. It's unfathomable how big Manhattan is. Yeah. I've, I've heard it's that. It's fucked like, up. We, have, we think that the towers out here are big. And oh, like, it, that's like average size. It's stupid. It's like, ridiculous. Oh, yes. Like they're nothing. Vancouver, when we came back, when we drove like home from the airport, like down Canby, and you get that beautiful view of mm-hmm. like the mountains and the ocean and everything. Everything here is glass, you realize. Yeah. They like, call every, it the city of glass, right? That's everything the, in New York is brick. Yeah. It's all old. Yeah. It's amazing. That's a, We went to the comedy cellar. Oh, sick. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. The amount of legends who have been in that place. Yeah. So it was. Because we were there on September long weekend, so mm-hmm. it was the U.S. Open in the city. So there were famous people everywhere, like the golf tournament yeah. U.S. Open. Where do they go in New York? I have no idea. Probably no fucking clue. No, you don't golf. No, damn girl. I'm a horrible, horrible golfer. You don't have but to. I be can good drive at the it. cart and drink beer. Let me tell you. Oh, no, there you go. Like you know, honestly, like there's an old saying that a lot of the biggest handshakes in business have happened on a golf course, right? Yeah. Well, I better be a cart girl then. You could be my my caddy if you want. <laughs> okay, great. Come out with me. Yeah. I want to come to all your lunch parties, rap parties. There you go. I'll yep. be your golf caddy. I'll tell you what, and I ever... will wine and dine you at yep. my restaurants. <laughs> you ever get invited by an exec to go to a golf thing and you're yes. you don't want to do it? Just say yes and invite me. Yeah. I can help you out. I'm there. not I'm not okay. a great golfer, okay. but I can suck really bad and make you look really fucking good. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, we went to the comedy cellar we and so it was the US Open that weekend. Or what I, I don't know what it was. The US Open. It was a huge golf situation. Mm, yeah. September long weekend. And the comedy cellar, you the tickets were instantly sold out. I think they go on sale like a month in advance for that month. And when we were like waiting, waiting, yes. waiting, and they were sold out. So then you just line up and hope that you get in. Yeah. So we got in line for the eight o'clock show and I think we didn't get in until the ten thirty seating. But at the eight for the eight o'clock show, they let everyone in and then anyone else who's still in line, they'll take your name and number, but you're still not guaranteed a ticket. You have to be back by X time. Wow. So we they were like stay stay close by, you know, because um, we're we're not gonna wait. We're gonna call. <laughs> And if you don't answer, you're not here. Then you're not. I would be in. A, a huge disadvantage. In, like I've always thought about that. Like there's all these famous places that you can go and stuff. And I am insufferable in a lineup. You will hate me if you have to sit in a lineup. You can drink me. in the streets. What in yeah, New York? It's New York. Same I, in Vegas. America's crazy. I do in Vegas. Like I, I was stoked to that in Vegas. I didn't think you could do that in New York though. You can do it anywhere if you're not a bitch. If you're not a bit, is he calling me out there? Is that what that is? <laughs> no. I only drink in the parks, okay? <laughs> yeah, but so we were standing in line with the beer, like a brown bag in it. It was so great. Were, did you get yourself a Manhattan in Manhattan? Or Yeah, and good. I, of course, had a Cosmopolitan, good, you know, good, very, hey. and I, I'm in my martini era. Well, yeah. just, I entered my 30s, and I'm like, okay. I can, it is I the can cocktail era, for liquor. sure. Yeah. Man, Hell like, yeah. I love you, a Negroni. That's always been my go-to. I like a very bitter cocktail. I'm a Boulevardier guy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I fucking, that's the thing about moving to the city, right? You start to be like, let's go check out these classy joints and like try out some cocktails. Next thing you know, you're like really into mixology. Hell like, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Oh yeah. I, um, I'm into wine too, though, for sure. See, I can't, I can't do the wine as much. Like I, I do, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll have like 
a cab sav with a steak, right? Or like okay. a, a Malbec maybe. Sure. But uh, for me, like, I like old whiskey. I like Great. I like stuff like that. I just like, I'm maybe it's phosphates or something. I can't remember what it is. All I know is that my mom gets red and puffy. Oh, I get red and, and so puffy too, I. but I don't let it stop me. <laughs> I get covered in a rash. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. there's something about liquor. It's just. We know it's poison, and we just straight up. I'm getting it. a rash, and I'm like, I'll have another one. Yeah, exactly. There's this show on uh, Apple TV. It was based off those Nathan Pyle memes with the little blue alien guys. Okay, they say super obvious shit, mm-hmm. and instead of calling it um, going for drinks, they say, "Would you like to ingest mild poison with us?" Nice. It's like, and that's just like so what true. they call it. I know. We've just all decided it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. it it's the one thing that's fine. Like everything else that could kill you that, you know, alters your mental state is totally not okay. Yeah. But this shit, go ahead. Get wasted. Yeah, Who gives yeah. a shit? I mean, you know, who doesn't like to feel like a hero for four hours and then wake up the next day feeling like they were the villain? Well, now there's all these pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like hangover pills. You take them before. And Do they before. really work though? Yes. What? You're kidding me. I mean, you can't get absolutely blackout and yeah, not yeah. be hungover in the morning. But if you're like, I'm going with thing, I'm like Christmas party season. Mm. I had a pack of them last year because I had a bunch of different Christmas parties with work. Nice. And I, you take a pill and you you know do you drink. You just put that in the purse right next to the pack of condoms, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hangover I wasn't divorced yet, yeah. but this. Oh year, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, we got we separated in September of last year, so I actually was. I didn't have condoms. I wasn't quite there yet, I think. Yeah, no, it takes a little while to get back in the saddle. It takes a little while to get back in the saddle. It always feels awkward after a breakup when you have to buy your first box again. You're like, wait. Order them online. Oh, smart. Okay. Yeah, there's this female-owned Canadian company. Mm. The condoms are called Slip, S-L-I-P-P. She's so amazing. I just know her from online. uh, They are, like, pH-balanced. Um, condoms have horrible things in them. Oh yeah, I'm learning a ton of shit. I'm in my 30s now, everyone, yep. and I'm like learning all about the things that in, like screw your body up. Yeah, tampons are full of weird things. Oh yeah, you know, all, there's tons of stuff. So the con, I never liked wearing condoms because I always was so uncomfortable. They hurt. They're and terrible. These, but these these are pH balanced, chill, female owned company, and I can wear them. And anyways, that's why I wrote wow. online. Fucking, you can wear them. Oh, I can have them used. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't wear I, I them. I see. I see. That's, that's, I was going to say, that's revolutionary. Yeah, How do they no, do no. that? What's the, do they have like That's some... called like a dental dam or something. Oh, I yeah, feel yeah. Like. I don't know where the clamps go, though. That just seems uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no. No clamps. <laughs> it's a whole process. Yeah. We got to get the hardware uh, out, you know. Put the harness on. Yeah. <laughs> for some, you that's know. a different and, podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we'll have someone on for that. We'll bring in an expert. An expert. Sure. A yeah. sexpert, if you will. Yeah, I, I actually know a couple. I that would be on. fun. I haven't, I've been, t- I've been playing with that idea. I've just. Not sure how much I could get into without making myself look like a total idiot. But then again, that's sort of Normal me anyhow. Life. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, fuck, why not? Ricardo, I think I'm going to give you a call soon. Not this Ricardo recording the thing. There's yeah. another Ricardo I know. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely out. be listening to that one. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, in this age now where we can all, and also I think the world's very different. You know, you don't learn a lot in the past People weren't so sex positive. Like no, we're in like such a good yeah. sex positive place these days. Oh, yeah, like it's like kink shaming is worse than racism. Yeah. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. You know, oh so, my god! Like, so what? He wears clown makeup. Mm-hmm. Fucking let him. Like, mm-hmm. who? Who else is gonna like? Everything's else? a kink. Yeah, 
The one good thing that ever came out of Trudeau's mouth was him saying that the government has no place in the bedrooms of the people. Mm. And I will stop right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I don't get political on this show, so I'm not no. going to. But no, that, that quote has enough. always stayed in my head as like a pretty cool thing to say, especially mm. in the 70s as a world leader. I was oh, like, yeah. well, that's fucking, that's pretty balling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's this city that we're into, Vancouver, has kind of always been a beacon of like sexual rights and freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like right up there with like the movements with Harvey Milk in San Francisco, Vancouver was having its own at the same time. Yeah. We we missed going to Stonewall in New York, but uh, we were close to it. Really? And really wanted to go to Stonewall. Can you fill me in on that? I feel yeah, like I, I will. Not I will really... trip my way through it. I do know some, but I don't want to claim to know everything. Okay. Stonewall, I think what was nineteen sixty nine, maybe, which was the the Stonewall riots. I think that's right because I feel like twenty nineteen it had been thirty years since Stonewall. You can fact check that. <laughs> um, we'll look it up. The Stonewall riots, New York City. Basically, it was still illegal to be gay. Um, and there was the Stonewall Inn in New York and there was drag performances all the time and, you know, it was a gay, it was a gay bar mm-hmm. and the police would show up every single night, shut it down, beat the shit out of people, you know, drag them out, close the place down every night. And one day they were like, fuck you. No. And they rioted in the streets. It was the first pride parade. Oh, okay. That was the first pride parade. It wow. was all the, like, queer people, queer people. Drag queens, everything out in the streets saying, fuck you. We're here. Yeah. We're loud and proud. We're mm. not doing this. Here we're queer. Get used to it. Yeah. That, old, that old saying, that old adage. And that was the first pride parade in in America, in mm. North America. Yeah. And then they just started having them all over. Wow. And, you know, obviously San Francisco mm. is a very queer, positive place. Yeah. Harvey Milk, like you just said. Yeah. And wherever else, all over. West um, Coast seems to have always been like a little bit more lacks as far as that stuff goes i mean not always and i am straight white man talking here Mm -hmm. not well not entirely straight but you know (laughs) somewhere more on the masculine side of that spectrum of things um you know as far as i know or what i've seen and like my perspective on it all is like out in the west here i think it's just because it was so late to be colonized like in like a more traditional sense like you know when new york city was happening the wild west was like no man's land kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? And like people didn't tell other people what to do because mm-hmm. you just get shot and no one would find out you're dead, right? So like people were just kind of more willing to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do before we had more people out here, right? And but that that mentality always kind of stuck around, and I feel like it was a little more traditional back when it was the Wild West. It was like you know property rights and shit like that, people shooting each other over gold or whatever. But it gets to a certain point where it's my life. I'm going to live it how I want to, and mm-hmm. you can either respect that or get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of carried along as an attitude throughout the decades. As much as we've tried to set regulations and laws against certain lifestyle choices and stuff, there's always been this underground vibe about, it's my fucking life, leave me yeah. alone, and, you know, fuck off. Like, take the, like, I mean, the pride movement, sure, but also the 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 weed movement, out mm-hmm. here like that was people's livelihoods mm-hmm. and it, it still is in a sense even though now it's more illegal to grow weed without these certain like at least on a massive scale without certain permits and stuff but like my wife her summers were spent in the weed valleys of Lillooet growing up 
Mm-hmm. Her big chunk of her family used to crop out end of the year and go to Mexico for the other half of the year, come mm-hmm. back and do it all over again, right? And it was something that didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. You know, that was the whole point of the weed activism was nobody's overdosing here. We're not getting in these big fights and shit. It's my fucking life. Yeah. Respect it or fuck off. And like, I feel like that's um something that's been prominent here. Like, maybe not so much in some aspects. Like, a lot of people are trying really hard to be, like we were talking before, influencers and stuff like that and trying to fit this mold. But I really enjoy the attitude of individuality that seems to be emphasized in Vancouver. For sure. I think, like, there's there's bad people everywhere. Mm-hmm. I say that, you know, all the time. People are like, oh, I can't believe you traveled to Mexico. Like, aren't you scared? I'm like, that's an insane thing to say. There's bad people everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. bad people in Vancouver. There's always going to be people who are, you know, even you, they have, like, an anti-trans march a little while ago in downtown Vancouver. Yeah, and There I were, like, heard about 10 that. fucking people there. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. You don't have jobs to be at? Yeah. This is a bit embarrassing. Well, exactly. And, like, it's, it's 10 people, like, fucking... But 10 people matter. They, everyone's got a voice now. Yeah. You can be online. That's true. Yeah. Everyone's got a voice. Do you think the push on like, I'm not, not trans rights. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff. That's not really important. But I think that, well, it's if, see, yeah. this is me doing that fucking word thing that I'm bad That's with. okay. Yeah. Trans rights are very important. Trans rights are important. But yes. what I'm not, what I'm trying to get at is there seems to be a bit of a thing where, People who disagree with other people would rather the people they disagree with just cease to exist or not be allowed to say the things they want I to say. I hoped that right? you were going to get here. You did? Okay, mm-hmm. good. Because I'm, I'm interested on in your perspective as this too, as like a professional working woman, right? There's, mm-hmm. you know, that there seems to be this attitude that we can no longer coexist with people we disagree with. And totally. if they don't hop on board with what you're idea of what society should be like is then they should not have any right to express themselves at all but in my opinion and from what i've seen given all the shit that's happened in the world the more you try to silence a a part of society you disagree with they will recede into echo chambers and then we'll get louder and louder amongst each other until it just explodes mm-hmm. and often violently, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'd, I'd actually, I'm interested in your take on that though. Cause like, um, I know that the world has changed. It's more progressive now, but I have an auntie who, uh, has multiple woman of the year business awards and came up in the real estate market sector back in like the 70s and 80s like climbed the corporate ladder and ended up being the vp of uh sunlight financial mm. investments bureau and shit like that and like still choose big time big time chick. sorry i'm barefoot right now just i'm into it you know, funky right um and i'm I'm, ha- I'm hoping to have her on the podcast at some point but i'm just interested because like it seems that women constantly do end up having to put in the extra effort that normally guys just wouldn't have to you this know? is two conversations right now what yeah. we're having yeah you're but asking two questions it's the deficit that's what i do i'm on a whole different okay. you know because i feel like they're kind of related you know like there are lots of people who still would think that women belong in a fucking house mm-hmm. as like a child rearing homemaker mm-hmm. right and that they should stay out of the, the business and that's something that obviously you know most of us would disagree with 
do you think those people should be just shut away and like they right like I think I think that there are two realities mm -hmm. in this conversation. Okay. I think that we've definitely gone too far and that like you were saying like well if you don't agree with what I'm saying then you're wrong and you don't deserve that and you people are able to have their own opinions and we might not align on them. Mhm. Mm and that's how the world works. We're all different. Everyone's unique. People mm -hmm. are raised differently. People have different values. People think differently. People learn differently. And if that, if these two opinions aren't hurting someone, yeah, and they're not trying to take over the government or, I mean, God, whatever it is. They're not preaching violence. and Exactly. Yeah. If you want to tell me that the sky is green, then go for it. The earth is flat. Whatever. Yeah. As long as you're not telling me that I have to also think that, mm -hmm. and you're not hurting someone, then what? What? Who cares? I don't care. I can't yeah. listen to that. I've got too much shit going on. Yeah, that's fine. And then on the other hand, these people that preach to you and are like, "No, it's this. It's this. It's this. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, you're wrong. These people don't deserve to live. They don't deserve to work. They don't deserve to be here. Whatever that looks like. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just wrong. That's yeah. not true. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the right." to live how they want as long as they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. I think. So I think we can agree on the, the old adage of just don't be a fucking dick. I just, yeah, don't be a dick. I don't yeah. understand why anyone cares so cares. much. I, yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And half these motherfuckers that are out here saying, like, gay sex is a sin. Yeah. Y'all like anal, okay? Yeah, yeah. Every dude is trying to put a finger in his wife's ass. Let's be serious. A okay? lot more than a finger. Well, exactly. And a, lot of, and a lot of those guys are getting their and wife get, to put their finger uh -huh. in their ass. Let's be honest here. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. It's much more. Come on. Yeah. I think the world would be a better place if we could just talk openly about sex about oh, beliefs. 100%. About just like fucking money. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's... The, so everyone's so shamed <clears throat> and so worried to have an opinion. Oh, and another uh, another thing, it's become hard to ask questions. Yeah. People are down each other's throats. Like, well, that's not this or that's not how you say that or they don't want to be called that. They use these pronouns or, well, well, what are pronouns and how does that work? You have to give people grace. People don't know. Yes. We have access to so much information, which leads to so much misinformation. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're more connected than we've ever been. And it feels like there are more different types of people than there have ever been. But the fact of the matter is we just see it more. Yeah, there were trans people. There were drag queens. There were, you know, trend, everything and anything. They've always been there. always it's, been yeah, there. Yeah. It's just that the, the ones who were able to be open about it or had the courage, I guess, to come out when it wasn't accepted, like there's a lot, you can see them more. Yeah. And it makes more people feel okay with expressing themselves how they want to be. You yeah. Know? Have you watched the show We're Here? No, I haven't actually. No. So it, good. Yeah? HBO. It's I, Shangela, Bob the Drag Queen. I loves me some gay cinema. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I watched uh, Halston recently. Have you seen that one? Yes. Ewan McGregor as the hat designer. Oh, my yeah. fucking God. Like, And, like, the the story was just amazing. I, I don't know. I Maybe it's just, like, the... 
People are scared of what they don't know and what they don't understand. I'm fascinated by it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, just maybe take a step back. Yeah. And people are just people. We're all just humans. Everyone's yeah. just trying to get a fucking paycheck. Well, that's, and that's go just through the, the days. Yeah. Like, why do you care? These people that are like picket on the fucking front lines about telling other people how they can live. I'm like, really? Yeah, it doesn't. Don't you have? Don't you have some of your own issues? Maybe we could sort yeah. out. Why don't you go talk to them instead of just hearing it from Ben Shapiro or something? So that's know, like... what we're here is. Yeah, it's um, uh, three drag queens. Eureka, Shangela, and Bob the Drag Queen, and they go to like fucking rural, rural, rural Midwest America. Oh, cool. Okay. And they they find all the queer yeah. people in that community that are hidden, whatever. And they and at the end of the week, they throw a, a huge drag show, and they're like, "Fuck you! We're here. These people were here. Yeah, they were in your community. They are people you know." It's the baker down the street. It's the kid in school, you know, and some of them are people that are very much out on the front lines saying oh, before the show comes to town, you know, we're here, you know, like a mom who's running the rainbow, trying to get a rainbow crosswalk in town, mm. you know, those people. So they just come and they give them a platform. Like, we're that's, here. That's fucking We're amazing. not going away. That's really good. It's a great that, that's, show. We need more stuff like that. We, it's really good. The more the world can see an inner, like an introspective look on like any of these communities that they are afraid of, don't know much about or anything like that, the, the better the world will get, honestly. Like, education is the only answer to, like, fucking any of this bigotry that's going on. Yeah. People just need to understand that, like, the only real answer in life is fucking love. And, like, I, yeah. I don't mean to sound like such a hippie, even though I do. I was true, raised though. by a rock-loving mother who just, like, used to do all that shit. Reiki healed me when I was sick and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. The vibration of love is is just the answer. It's yeah. it's like, it sounds corny to a lot of people. I'm really happy that it sounds corny to less people now mm-hmm. because we're starting to understand that a lot more, especially like if you look at where science is going, they're starting to study how harmonic resonance is affected by emotion, which is like your, your state of being and the vibration you function at is literally changed depending on what emotion you're experiencing, right? Yeah. So you'll be vibrating at a much higher frequency if you're experiencing feelings of love, gratitude, happiness, satisfaction, right? Mm. If you're angry, sad, depressed, anxious, those are all very low vibration, vibrational frequencies, right? Your body is physically at its molecular level vibrating at mm. like a lower frequency. And that's like, you know how you can feel bad vibes? Yeah. That's your body picking up on that. Mm. People used to think that, like, that's just fucking whatever. People, It's all in your head. But we're starting to figure out things that ancient cultures already knew and yeah. we thought was just hoopla or whatever, mm-hmm. like kooky spiritual shit. That, like, we exist. I love me some kooky spiritual shit. But, but that's the thing. And, like, I'm the, the girl who's always like, when's your birthday? Oh, my God, you're such a Gemini. I, I, <laughs> so annoying. But I am, and I believe it. What's your sign? I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's just, um, I'm really happy and appreciative of that. When I focus on gratitude, one of the main things that I think of is that I'm happy to be in, an, be living in an era and a time where, Science is slowly starting to understand that it's not as far from spirituality as it thinks it is. That the journey of science is ultimately going to come to this unification point where we find out that all this stuff that we were talking about spiritually nowadays or thousands of years ago 
it, we're just trying to find like what kind of material those exact things are made of anyhow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we know that you like to wear this shirt, but is it cotton or poly or what's the blend? You know, it's like that, that same attitude. There's, it's kind of wonderful really. Cause when you start to understand that, um, the world works on vibrations and that you can alter the world around you by existing on a higher vibration. Totally. You know, it can motivate people, I, I hope at least, to to do exactly that. Yeah. You know? It's not about hate. The people who preach hate have just experienced so much of it in their lives that they don't know anything else. Totally. You know? And they're mad about communities that are so full of love. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that we need to remind ourselves and that I'm learning now like I'm reading this book called Detached Mm. about adult or it's about attachment styles not adult attachment styles and just like we thought for so long ago you were raised in a household where you know x y and z like that's you'll be you're in your relation if you were raised in an abusive household you'll be an abusive partner or whatever like Mm -hmm. nature versus nurture all those things but the attachment styles I'm I'm really getting because you kind of are just like born that way in a sense like you have it's not if you weren't held as a child mm-hmm. you don't want to be held as an adult it's the attachment styles are uh, avoidant anxious and secure yeah and just well, what i'm getting at is i just wish that we <clears throat> would learn more about those things at a younger age yeah i may i maybe would have missed being in the relationship i was in or getting married or and, and we didn't put in in the work people aren't putting in the work to have, like build relationships on a good ground level, it, yeah, it's it needs to be taught in schools, in their, sh- in, well, in 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 the home, in whatever, so yeah. that we can learn to speak to each other, to have differing opinions, and to talk about them. Absolutely, like a fucking Thanksgiving dinner, right? God, your family's always got different opinions, but they still come back to that same table every year, mm-hmm. probably have the same fucking conversation, uh-huh. right? But they do it every year because at the end of the day, it's your family, and yeah. and when you zoom out. We kind of all are family. We're all floating on this fucking mm-hmm. rock together anyhow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why Why would we make it any worse than it needs to be? Why can't we focus on just making it better mm-hmm. instead Instead of focusing on these, these details that really don't fucking matter? People just get obsessive yeah. about what they don't like. Yeah. It's crazy. I think that maybe that has to do with evolution, right? Like, they say that, like, um, you remember 80% of the things you do yeah, wrong, Yeah, well, right? everyone leaves a bad review, but they don't leave a good one. Exactly. It's like being a being a server, right? You know, you'll hear from your management and everybody if that table had a terrible night. Mm-hmm. But if they tip you 25% and tell you they love the service, chances are they're just going to go home and be like, that was great. No one's yeah. going to fucking hit up Google for that. Well, we're really pushing. I mean, yes, you're totally right. People push for that now. They go, if you enjoy your experience, please leave a good review because we live in a world where people are not willing to go yeah. unless they're like, oh, well, doesn't have five stars. Is that mm, the Babylon? Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's not 90%. I'm not watching it. Uh, well, I know. Everyone's different. Yeah. That's like, exactly. So what if I want to watch a campy fucking action movie? Let me. Yeah. You know, I don't need to have like Oscar award winning acting skills. I want explosions and flipping cars and shit. You some know? days you might want Oscar award winning. Oh, and yeah. Some days you don't. Yeah. People aren't willing to go and try. Yeah. And that's, a, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> I love this. This is a good chat. Hell you, yeah. you have a very good, and intriguing perspectives on things, and um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, really. Like it's um, 
it's cool to talk to you again. Like, I know that we were in high school, yeah. we were friends and stuff like that. But I don't think we ever actually had a chance when we were younger to actually just sit and, like, have a chat like this. I was always crying yeah. about Brody or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just fucking everywhere all the time. Yeah, you were friends with everyone. Yeah, that was that was my anxiety. I figured that out afterwards. It was just the like... The crying was mine. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> The constant need of acceptance from everyone because you don't really feel okay. in your household as much, that whole okay. thing, you know? Yeah. I After that, like, the identity crises that come from being the guy who's just friends with everybody hmm. is complicated and strange because mm. you have spent the entire developmental part of your youth being the guy who's just friends with everybody instead of thinking, what kind of guy do I want to be? Wow. Right? Like, I, that's why I ended up in a dead-end career in construction. That's why I did film industry was job number 23. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot. I didn't go to university because, like, I just wanted to go to work, make money, and, you know, all that other bullshit. Like, wanted to be a social guy, right? Yeah. And it wasn't, like, honestly, at 30, I haven't felt more secure in who I am Same. ever. Yeah. I had a friend tell me, he goes, last year when I was working with him on a project called Motherland, or maybe it was the year before that, his name's Cowboy Alex Judd. Shout out to Cowboy. Wicked guy. He's not actually a cowboy though. Okay. Dresses like one every time he comes to work. Trench coat, hat, whole nine yards, okay. even the gloves and shit. He's even got a gun holster that he puts his walkie in. That's an identity. Oh yeah. Big time. It was the whole thing. Um, I was like, he was telling me he's turning 30. I was like, oh, fuck, man. How do you feel about that? He's like, actually, I'm pretty excited. I was like, why? He's like, well, you know, going through your teens, you're like, I want to be this. Maybe I want to be that. Maybe I want to be this. I think I want to be this, right? And then you get into your 20s and you start realizing you're not that yet. And you start thinking, well, maybe I'm this or that. Or maybe I'm this guy. Or maybe, I, maybe I'm the guy who does this. And then you hit 30 and it's just, fuck it, I'm me. Totally. You know, like I've always wanted to be thirty. Yeah. I used to always pretend to be older. I'd fake my age to be older, tell people I was older, and I could not wait to turn thirty. Yeah, and hey, fucking um uh cheers to being thirty without the kids yet. Oh fuck that. Got out of that. No way. Dodge. I never want a kid. Oh my god, I Yeah. I used to say by like, oh, I'll have kids when I'm like thirty. And then I'm I know, like, right? turn thirty, I'm like what? No. No, no. No. Absolutely not. I think um, out of my close friend group back in Camelot, but I, I, maybe me and two other people didn't have children before the age of 25, 21 even. I'm an uncle to so many kids back in Camelot. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, like, all to them, they're doing their best and like, you know. How do people afford it? Beats me. I don't have many vices. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I do travel, Mm -hmm. but not lavishly. I don't know how people take care of tiny humans. I don't get it. Just grit, I think. I guess. I don't know. Like, a couple of my friends are pretty good parents. One that I really never thought, but is Josh Beauclair. The identity crisis that came with wanting to be Mr. Popular. Mm -hmm. Did you want to be Mr. Popular? No, I just didn't want anyone to hate me. I didn't really care about 
if I was friends with everybody, I just, I don't know. I liked being nice. I liked to be fun. I liked smiling. I liked making people smile. I just, what was your perception of me in high school? Because my perception of you in high school okay, was that you were this, like the, not that you didn't, weren't confident that you were like, you were the fucking, you were friends with everyone. You were like the guy who brought us all together. Like Adam was so great and so nice that he was just pals with everyone. Not that you didn't feel like you fit in anywhere. I actually, I've never been told that by anyone who went to high school. What? Yeah. Oh no. my God. I, I've heard a lot that I was friends with everyone. That's really cool. But like the way you just described that was actually really nice. I appreciate that's, I that. I truly greatly. think that. I felt like it. you just were the guy that we all loved and knew and you were friends with everyone. I just, I, thank you. I, I appreciate that greatly. It was, you got um, invited to all the parties. I did. Yeah. I always felt like <laughs> I was a fucking bit of a weirdo. Everywhere I went, like all the freight, like I was. You know, I played guitar, I smoked a lot of weed, I was a jock, I fucking yeah, you did, did all that stuff, right? And, like, every one of those groups, I still felt like I wasn't quite either elite enough to be in there or that, like, I just didn't fit in hmm. in some way. I don't know, it was weird. Um, it, it felt good to know that I was, like, liked, I guess. Yeah. It was good. It was uh, one of the things that helped me to blanket my insecurities quite a bit, but... Okay. It was, um, yeah, it was a strange time in high school. My perception of you was that you were like, you were kind of like the upper echelon alpha female type to me. Like, I don't know. You were always like one of the popular chicks and not in like a bad way either. Like there's like the mean girls popular chicks, but you were like just, just cool. And you were always so nice. You were the first person. I remember this specifically. Um, the first time I cut my hair short because I always had this long yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I think it was grade 10, maybe it was grade 9, but I was coming out of one of the classrooms, walking down the hall, and I heard someone go, oh, that's Adam Aubrey. And I turned around, and she's like, oh, you got a haircut. Like, yeah. She's like, you're hot now. I was like, oh, my God. Cool. And I was like, the first time I'd gotten a compliment from any woman that I thought of as like, upper tier you oh know for real i was like from like the time and like and he never grew his hair long again bingo no for real <laughs> oh like that's God. you're totally on <laughs> i um i got in so much shit when i came home from that haircut because my mom was just like insistent on me having long hair she's just weird like that i don't okay. know but my auntie was my hairdresser at the time her sister and she got on the phone to my auntie and started getting mad at her about it and I just remember being like, mom, I like it. Like, let yeah. me keep my hair like this. This yeah. is cool. Like, whatever. And like, yeah, it was a, it was a big step for me, I guess, was doing that. And uh, yeah, it, I, you were the first one who like acknowledged it and made me feel like it was actually like sexy. I, yeah. I, I, I always felt like a short, fat, greasy kid. No. Up until that point. On No, frankly. Yeah, no, like really, like that was the first moment I actually felt like Maybe I'm not just this little tubby loser. Like, oh yeah, my really god! Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. Then. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, your opinions held weight in my mind, especially when they were like about hmm. me or people around you. Like, I always liked talking with you. Yeah, you seemed like a pretty cool chick. I mean, like, you know, it was high school, so you always think of people in cliques and stuff, mm -hmm. right? Definitely with like the primp and proper popular girls, right? But I felt like you were the one who kind of like was 
Like the Lindsay Lohan of the Mean Girls sort of deal. Yeah. You know? I could be mean. So thank you yeah. for not thinking I was mean. We all were. In high school, it's that, that's how it is. You know, Jordy McMechan. Yeah. He said as similar-ish, like when I, when he came back in grade 12. And yeah. I was like, Jordy's hanging out with us now. He was all he was beefed like, out too. He got a, yeah, he, got like he was my grad date. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, yeah. I brought him in. I was like, no, he's cool. Thank you. <laughs> he's coming to our parties. People used to give him a really hard time. I I, felt I bad hated him it. in grade eight. He was he was a he, tough guy to be around. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we all grow up differently, right? It's there's something. I mean, like, I wouldn't be happy if my parents were putting me in daycare for that long either. It was like, it was, no you could see that he was pissed off that he had to go to that thing at like the age of fourteen. Fucking wild, fucking man. People are crazy. Man, like, I, yeah, it's, there's a, there's just, we. We're all just trying to get through the day. Yeah, and we were raised by some really fucking, you know, really strange era. Like, yeah. it was, we were the children of parents who came from the quote unquote me generation. Yeah. Right? It, I am not your fucking trophy. <laughs> like, you yeah. know. They used to try and parade us around like we were like their success stories instead of like people. And it was kind of toxic i know know? yeah i think i mean everyone i know are your parents still together oh fuck no no No. i didn't think so they haven't been for a long time like they weren't in high school either right they got a divorce in my grad year i fucking was uh went from being in like a semi-stable i thought we were rich at one point because like you know christmas was like presents out to the end of the living room Hmm. they had to climb over the things just to get to the couch and it was great and then like they parents would always fight about how much money they spent on it for the rest of the day and then um yeah they finally split up and i spent my grad year working part-time at moore's as a wardrobe consultant selling suits and um i went from what felt like rich to food bank and welfare like that and i am grateful for it because i had a very naive perspective on the world until I started to experience struggle for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad ex- almost immediately ran into health issues. He started having strokes, got his first round of can- cancer then, um, then heart problems. Uh, he still, it, it's it's only gotten worse mm-hmm. since then. So for a long time, it was just me and my dad in this basement suite. Um, Did you live by Caitlin Toplack? Yeah, that house at the end yeah, of her cul-de-sac. That was, your house, that was right? my place. Yeah, yeah, that was my childhood home. Still yeah. there. My mom still lives there. Oh, she ran away. Oh, yeah. It's fucking. I remember when there was a Jersey Shore party in high school because that show was everywhere. Me and Caitlin threw that. Yeah. Me, I, Caitlin, Michelle, and Alexa. I remember. There's a picture from it on my Facebook where everyone's like posed up and I'm like down there like a douche doing the yeah. heartbreak kid fucking thing. I didn't even have biceps then. I don't know why I was doing it, but. I was fully dressed as Snooky. Me and Josh Boyclair got spray oh, yeah. tans. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. You guys were so orange. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, fucking. I just rewatched Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. I love it. If you were a Jersey Shore character, you think Snooky? Yeah? Immediately? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It looks because of she's short and all the things. But, I mean, I feel like I'd also probably be Sammy Sweetheart. Unfortunately, really, yeah. I'd be like, I'm in love. Like, this is my guy. And then, like, trying to fight anyone who got anywhere near him. (laughs) (laughs) It always toxic. There's that protective vibe, you know. It's a, I think it's the the alpha female thing, right? (laughs) It's not ideal. I always thought I I wanted to be Mike the situation for sure. 
I know, right? Have you heard about how his life panned out? Oh, no. Well, yes, that's why I'm glad I didn't end yeah. up like that. It, I also have never headbutted a concrete wall trying to intimidate somebody and ended up in the hospital. So I think it's all pretty good. That show yeah, you, a, you were never a fighter in high no, school. No, I, I did a lot of combat sports when I was right. younger, but I never wanted you to You had fight, bigger but. friends. Mm, Josh I did. and Brody were big Josh guys. Josh and Brody were big guys. I was <laughs> really good friends with them. Yeah. I did get in a couple, like, scraps, but I, I never really needed to, like... Anybody who tried to fight me, I remember I got in a toss-up in a high school locker room, and I was, it was in my grade 11 year, and that was the year I qualified for nationals in wrestling. And uh, I don't want to put his name out there, because he's a good guy. He was going through his own shit, too, right? But he tried to put me down in a headlock in the locker room, and with just my neck, I picked him up parallel, <gasps> and the next thing you know, his fucking legs, his feet were against the locker behind him, and I had him like this and I was about to just yeah. toss him over the fucking bench and he just let go and dropped off me right away. He's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I was like, yeah, okay, thanks. Good like, call. Yeah, I, I wasn't like, I don't know. For me, it was like, if I was going to say anything that sounded like I was acting tough or go away, I'm sorry about that. Um, if I was trying to do anything that sounded like I was acting tough when I was just sticking up for myself or anything, immediately I was the guy with short man syndrome. Mm. Immediately I was like the little dude trying to fucking be bigger than I was or some mm. shit. I, I just wasn't, it's almost like my aspect of short man syndrome was fear of displaying short man syndrome. So I just fucking never, never did. Like okay. it was, it was a whole thing. And like when I got into like my my wrestling and like I did Taekwondo for six years too. And like, you know, with football and the other sports like that, but wrestling was really the thing that helped me feel okay with that. It was the ability to physically control a situation mm -hmm. um, and learn how to do that and how to keep a calm head. I don't know if you ever, did you ever do any combat sports when you're younger? So I'm not a sports girly. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. You and Cedar would get along great. Um, there's something to be said about what it does for your psyche and your for sure. your sense of security. For me, the the biggest thing was that um, in Taekwondo, it's good. There's like discipline, whatever you want to call it. You learn how to kick things. It's fun. You get your belts. It's but it's really more of a showy thing. It's not. There's not a lot of wor real world applications. Like I'm not. I can't just go for a spinning head kick in the middle yeah. of a street fight, right? In like you can, yeah, you got to be really fucking good though, right? In wrestling though, um, fuck, that's real. That yeah. shit was real. People like used to make fun of you for being gay, wearing these little spandex singlets and shit. So shitty. But when you get in a fucking on the mat with these guys, yeah. and it's just you versus him, there's no team with you, and it fucking hurts. You're getting yeah. slammed. You're yeah. getting your face rubbed into the mat, like all kinds of shit, right? Um, and the intensity of it is still to this day on another level. Whenever I go back to my MMA gym, I almost purposely avoid grappling nights just because, like, the type of cardio you have to deal with with that. Oh, yeah. Another level. Like, yeah. in boxing, anything else involving striking, you can back off and try and catch your breath mm -hmm. and move. In jujitsu, judo, wrestling, you're under constant stress yeah you're, you're being like hell, yeah yeah you're fighting for it 24 7 and well not 24 7 but the, no, the yeah. entire time right for like that two minute round or three minute round it's you're literally just 
it's nuts. There's no point where your brain goes, time to breathe. Mm -hmm. It's like you just need to be trained to be able to breathe under constant pressure. And that was huge for me in so many other aspects of life. And I think that is what kept me from ending up being a typical short man syndrome thing. It saved me in more ways than I like to admit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and it taught me that I could, you know, be a lot more capable of things than I thought I was built to be capable of. Yeah. You know, I wrestled two weight classes above mine at one point. It was just to wrestle bigger guys. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah, to, to end this incredibly long tangent <laughs> that I just went off on. Um yeah, I didn't. I didn't scrap much in high school. It wasn't a big thing for me. Yeah. Did you end up getting in fights? I don't remember you getting in fights. I got in a, a fair few. Yeah. A fair few. I got suspended in high school for fighting. I do remember that. Yeah. I remember that. So were you a scrappy little short girl then, eh? Nice. Yeah. Doing West Side proud. That's good. Jeez. Um. I. Yeah. I don't know. I just used to get so mad, yeah. and I don't let myself get there anymore mm -hmm. but yeah i the when i got in that fight in high school the girl had been telling everyone she was going to beat the shit out of me and my mom that day was like you can't go to school the, the principal phoned us and they were like hey you know as you know this person's been saying she's gonna fight mercedes and blah 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 oh. and i was like i'm fucking going i can't not go yeah are you kidding me so i went to school and she walked by me and like smashed my books out of my hands and kept walking just so, I mean, what are you supposed to do in that situation? It's on, bitch. It's fucking on. <laughs> yeah. I just remember Mr. Porter, because it was in Jock Hall. Yep. And, at, like, between classes, everyone's like, fight, fight, Mr. fight. Mr. Porter, like, basketball Mr. coach. Yeah. Six foot three, six five. So tall. Yep. Handsome, younger, yep. and he, I remember just, like, couldn't touch us to break mm. us apart. So he was just like, stop, girls. Girls, stop. Please. Yeah. Please. But couldn't touch us because he didn't want, he couldn't. I mean, yeah. Miss Berger and Mrs. Newman came out. Mm, yeah. Like, fucking girls. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> but it was, a, it was like two days before uh, May Long weekend. So I got suspended. And I just had an extra long May Long. Holy shit. Great. What kind of things do you think you've um, learned that have helped you to like um, mitigate that, that reaction? You, know, you said you were an angry girl and you used to just fucking get really fucking mad. What's helped you to not? I think I, re I realized so much of that was anxiety. Mm. Yeah. I'm super anxious. I always have been. Mm. I have never, like, I've been diagnosed, like, with anxiety disorder. I was in therapy a lot when I was, like, four years old for anxiety. I would have wow. crazy panic attacks, throw up, every, like, couldn't keep food down, <clears throat> couldn't go to school, couldn't do anything. And I feel like I just, my anxiety would manifest itself in really di different ways that wouldn't look like you were nervous or scared or anxious. Mm -hmm. I would just get so mad or so this or so that or whatever. And I need things to be just so. And if things aren't going according to plan or if this didn't happen that way or whatever, I like to control the situation. Hence, freelancing. Hence, owning your own company. I didn't have to deal with a lot of annoying things because I, I'm in control. All the time, which is also not great and something I've been working on. But I think realizing, like, okay, you just need to take a step back, think a little bit about what, what you're, what you, what's the outcome here? Yeah, keep your fucking mouth shut for five minutes. First of all, I've got a loud mouth. <laughs> um, yappy, yappy, yappy. 
Like a like a Shih Tzu or something. A little Chihuahua. Yeah. Oh, even worse. A okay. Spicy okay. Mexican Chihuahua. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just shut up for five minutes. Okay. I think I've really tried to hear people's side, realize that everyone's fighting their own battle. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of situations I've been in where I've been a horrible person, or you know, I've been a bitch. I've said the wrong thing. All of that it wasn't about that situation. It was about 10 other ones. Mm-hmm. And so just really trying to remember everyone's got their own story. Everyone's trying to deal with this. Like yeah. I've said over and over, we're all just trying to get through the fucking day. Everyone is the main character in their yes. own movie, right? That's Yeah. And, you know, that's there's a lot to be said with that, too, with the whole, like, um, just shutting up, you know? Because when you're talking, you're not listening. Totally. And the more you listen, the more you learn, right? Totally. Yeah. That's that's a pretty helpful tool. Um, So... What would you tell other girls going through that right now? Like, there's obviously lots of women growing up, going through high school, dealing with all sorts of anxiety. Yeah. I think really, like, you can, whatever the saying is, like, you can catch more bees with, like, honey than water or whatever. Catch more flies with honey than vinegar. There you go. Yeah. I always fuck up Yeah. Uh, sayings. I say yep. them incredibly wrong. Always. <laughs> all the time. Fuck. <laughs> Bring a man a fish and you can teach him how to fish. Yeah. Oh God. Bring a man a fishing rod and he'll still go fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that like just try to try, try to sit down and listen. People need to listen more. Yeah. You know, if you don't feel like there's a place for you in your school, in your job, in you know, wherever where that's happening, make it. Be that place. Find that place. Create mm-hmm. it yourself. Find a group online. And talk to them and start meetups. Like, I'm on in tons of different groups because of my job. And, like, I see lots of different things online. And, you know, there are places. There are women that are like, hey, I just moved to Vancouver. And I don't have any friends. And I don't really know anyone. And this city's kind of mean and hard to meet people. Like, I'm trying to host a coffee meetup. Well, I'll be at this place at noon on Tuesday. And you all go have coffee. And maybe you don't like anyone at that. And you don't. And But maybe there's some other girl down the road, who comes next week? And, you know, just, I don't know. That's really good. So you're hosting these things? I'm not. Oh, you're not. But I've seen them online. Oh, I, I see. I could host one. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, it probably I'm takes a lot busy. to host it. pretty yeah, busy. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it needs some time. Yeah, you probably But I would go well, to one. Yeah. I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> support. Yeah. Be a support factor. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that there's we're all so quick to judge and to hate, and I've been in that position as well, and, like, the younger generations of People are exposed to so much more, mm-hmm. which can be a scary and a and a problem, but it can also be hugely beneficial. You are exposed to so much more. Create your own opinions. Find your people. Yeah. Don't stand for what you don't believe in. If yeah. you, you know, I don't know. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. There's a, a pub on Main Street called The American. And their slogan is "Don't be a dick." Really, that's cool. Yeah, that's the American. I don't think I've been there yet. I went to you, the. Um, there's lots of arcade games there. Oh, cool! I'd probably be down then. There's a. Uh, I was just there. Um, I was there for a acid jazz and funk gig a little while ago for a, a friend of mine named uh, Graham Howe. I just had him on the show last week. He's got a band called uh, and a sound like a company and a music project called How Sound. He's like a fucking super decorated musician like grew up playing trumpet from the age of four went to like like full-on degree in music theory like jazz extraordinaire does all kinds of experimental stuff knows the tiniest 
pieces and, and bits of all the equipment, like from speakers to microphones, all that shit. Um, and he had a, where was that place? He had a gig at this place and it was amazing. Um, Fortune Sound Club? No, no, it was, uh, oh, it was right next to a, uh, uh, like a tapas Mexican restaurant. Um, on Main Street? Yeah, it was on Main Street. It's next to Bodega? I think so. The big red sign hanging outside that says Bodega vertically? No. No. Keep going. It, We're going to get there. It starts with a, a P. Lot of restaurants. It starts with a P. Yeah, something, there's something, ah, that'd be something. Ryan, help me out here. If you're, if you're out there, feel free to come on the, the God line and give me the name because I'm working to figure whoa, this whoa. out. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can get there. We can it get there? It was a music venue? The restaurant started with a P. It was, it was a restaurant. And the restaurant started with a P? Yeah, and it does music there as well. On right? Main but Street. On Main Street. How far up Main Street? Not, not too, too far, but like, I, I'd say middle of the road sort of thing. Across the street was like a bowling alley and an army vets. Oh, Tokador? Next to Tokador. Is, next to Tokador is... It's it. the something room. Yeah. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's the. <laughs> oh my god! This is so, it's main and tenth. Yeah, it's the the uh, p- cascade room. There you go. That's it. It's not a p. It's a c. Yep, that's exactly it though. And it cascade fucking, room's great. Yeah, and uh, simply delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even there. Yeah. Yeah, fucking good food there. I I did spend a lot of time in commercial. I've been to Maine a couple yeah. times, but like the Harbor Oyster Bar and commercial. Goddamn. What? Not a big fan of oysters? Yeah. Yeah. Not a big fan of Harbor. Really? No, they're good guys. Were you there a couple times? No, I used to live on the drive. They're good guys. They're good guys. Cool. They own social as well on the on the drive. Mm -hmm. Ari is a nice man. He's a got a great wife and kids and they're so sweet. I follow them on Instagram. When I first started freelancing, I would go to social a lot because I didn't have good Wi Fi. I have a beautiful rooftop patio. Cool. So I'd just sit upstairs and crush wine and Nice. Do my work. That's the best part about freelancing, laptop lifestyle. Yeah. I that's the lifestyle I envy. I really yeah, do. It's the best. I have to look into doing some more fucking digital nomad stuff. I'm just useless when it comes to fucking software though. Like I Yeah. Oh yeah. I I did not excel in that realm of things. I'm great with ideas. There you go. You're the and ideas things guy. Things like that. I just like yeah, it's it's just hard for me to learn the details are so hard for me. You, you don't know? have to. But do I'm them. detail obsessed. Well, I can't. I can't. Do, well, I guess I could, maybe AI or something. I, I'm not really sure. Like, um, that's one thing I used to tell all my clients. Like, are people people that are like trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to do this. We, you know, we've got to get this done. If you aren't good at something, find someone. hire someone else to do it. Yeah. The amount of time that you're spending, time, energy, all of it that you are spending trying to figure this out get it done hating doing it mm-hmm. but you don't want to do it it's dragging you down hire someone to do it i understand that that's not necessarily possible for everybody but there are tons of people out there looking for jobs even if you do someone who like on a fiverr situation someone who like lives in india mm-hmm. that needs their money and gets the job done overnight yeah like if you don't have to do things you don't want to do or yeah. that you're not good at yeah that's true the digital nomad lifestyle has always been something that i've like envied quite a bit uh a guy i know nathan ergang uh, Dylan's older brother. Um, he's been all over the world for the last like eight years now. He calls me on WhatsApp and stuff. We chat once in a while, but like he made he met a woman in Vietnam and they like lived together and 
all this other stuff. But he's just, he's always just like doing like, you know, software design or like website design or like did yeah. all, all kinds of shit. He's got his own like travel channel on YouTube oh, yeah. and stuff. It's like, just looks amazing. It'll be great. The nomadic thing. Check in a laptop, do some stuff for yes. like an hour or two. Alexa Facet does that. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Travels the world. She's in Bali right now. Wow. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah. That globe trotting. Yeah, Caitlin Toplak's a doctor. Michelle's an accountant. I heard Caitlin's a doctor now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. So what do you what did you think you were gonna be when you were getting older? Like when you were in, in high school, you were like, I'm gonna be this when you were growing up. Like I know you talk about graphic design, but did you always want to be a graphic design person or what was your um, I think like grade 10, 11, and 12, I was in yearbook. Mm, oh, I yeah. Loved okay. Yearbook. I hey, loved being the editor. By the way, I, I really, I really uh, need to pick a bone with you on the <laughs> slight, slight I got in the grad year. What? I fucking, what was it, the, the most changed from like grade 8 to grade 12? You guys gave it to Brent Kelly. Also, great guy. But what the hell, man? Yeah, with your hair. I mean, well, I my hair. And I, I was like, I was like four foot nothing and round. And I got to 13% think body the, fat. I and think like, the grade 12, everyone voted. Oh, okay. They voted. Sure. I and, did they, not and, and everyone pick. voted for Biden, too, I'm sure. It's the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know, everyone voted. That was not me. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd agree to disagree. Just okay. to protect my own ego. Okay? Fair enough. It was sensitive back Fair then. Enough. There was a lot going on. Brent and Sam got married and have a bunch of kids. I know that, yep. Yeah. They were the first one that I yeah. thought were going to do exactly that. They're very happy people, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of, like, high school stuff I'm supposed to be talking about on podcasts. I know. I was, that... I've been thinking this a lot. Yeah. Whatever. Like, we we're getting, we're out, just right? like, I mean, sure. <laughs> we're, like, it's just a lot, of, a lot of that. I was interested in, like, I don't know. I wanted to hear more about, like, you, like, your life and stuff. Like, what? Well, in high school, I was I loved yearbook. Mm-hmm. And I definitely knew I wanted to, like, do something there like the design the process of it is so interesting like in 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 yearbook in high school i don't know how they do it now yeah but we had really strict timeline deadlines because when you in when you are printing something at a high volume mm-hmm. they're not printing of course like when you look at a book and and each thing is like a little section and it's sewn together yeah what is this this is like like book binding the spine when you look at the yeah. spine of the book it's all sewn together, and so we would have to we would have to give installments of like each quarter to the printers. So you're not actually we'd have to work on like the first little bit and the last little bit uh-huh. because that's the actual piece of paper it is. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yep. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I understand. Yep. And so you and we'd have this entire map. So in grade eleven and twelve, I was the editor of the yearbook. So we'd have it would be all written out, and we would draw our designs. And you'd have which pages would go to, on which section, and where everything was going to be mapped out. So we really got to learn about like how this was actually made. Right after high school, I actually came down to Vancouver and did a tour at BCIT because I thought I wanted to get into like publishing and bookbinding and design and all of that because I just found it so interesting. But not like uh, not like journalism or anything like that. I definitely thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it, and I loved. I loved. I watched um, like Parts Unknown and all that with my mom. Yeah, you definitely strike me as someone who could be a writer for like, sure. I've liked writing. I I do write. I feel like I've lost it a little bit in that I don't have to write as much anymore. But mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I definitely definitely something artistic. I always knew I would be like a journalist or a, yeah, yeah, something. I sang a lot in high school. I always wanted to be a singer. Cool. Um. So. 
not to not to cut it off or anything, but like I I'm kind of interested in that that side of you. Like I don't remember ever getting to see an artistic side of Mercedes. Like I knew you were a go getter and shit like that. And you're always fucking moving, making big money moves and shit, right? You're a hustler, but like. What what happens when you got nothing to do? Like, what do, what do you do to keep your like creativity moving? Like, I think that's a big yeah. I mean, people it, sometimes it's really hard when you're in a job that's a creative job because mm-hmm. there are days when you don't feel creative. Yeah, you just want to. I don't want. I don't. I don't feel like doing this. I don't have any idea. Video games for a while. Whatever. We'll do whatever. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like, there's different types of creativity. Like, if I'm if I really just need to veg out, like mm-hmm. I'm eating a bag of chips and watching movies. I love, like, which is yeah. still a creative thing, you know? Like, you're seeing, like, I'm, like, watching my shows, The Bear, watching old movies, listening to music. I love magazines. Mm. I still do. I have subscriptions to three different magazines. So I, I collage. Cool. <laughs> I'm getting back. You collage? I'm getting back like into physical collaging. collages? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you fucking 90s girl. That's so funny. <laughs> I used to do it a lot. Wicked. And I haven't done it in the past, like, five years because I've been fucking yeah. busy. Yeah. But my girlfriend and I who lived together, Rosman Card, yeah. she, we just cleared out the base. So I live in the house that I lived in with my ex-husband. Yeah. We just like fucking cut, like cleared the basement out. We just ripped all the wallpaper out upstairs. We painted. We've the like really post relationship smudging. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Well, we smudged too. Good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we just got me like a little kind of art corner. Cool. So I'm just getting back into it. I just bought a new Exacto knife and some Mod Podge. Everyone's getting collages for Christmas. Wait, it's crazy how much <laughs> of that that stuff we like kind of like lose like in through our twenties when we're trying like on that grind trying to get to this career yeah. that we want we're so willing to like sacrifice these like just these creative joy. hobbies that we had and joy yeah sure let's let's put it that big yeah actual joy joy and i find like for me obviously my job is very digital mm-hmm. i am on a screen all the time yeah my phone i'm on 11 different instagram accounts every day checking in on them making like like it's a lot so collaging is so, kind of like your idea of touching grass in a sense totally yeah 100 percent. i like yeah i loved i have a dog i walk my dog every day like i will listen to a podcast in the morning like that's my just what, what do you listen to in the morning what's your podcast <sighs> armchair expert cool yeah. and smartless yeah smartless is great and sometimes i listen to call her daddy do you listen to, uh, you ever uh, listen to Huberman Lab? No, I'm very uh, particular and obsessive. I love fame. Oh, okay. I pretty much exclusively listen to like fame interviews. Celebrity interviews yeah. and stuff like that? Cool. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like, so, <laughs> I guess you're in the right line of work for that then, but I'm, I'm yes. surprised that like, um. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say that before, that they, they love fame. It's not like they're, like, into just, I like, celebrity have. gossip and stuff, but, like, you just, like, the the idea of it is mm-hmm. insane, right? I love it. They're I gods found- walking amongst people yeah. at this point. Like, we literally worship these celebrities and turn them into, like... I would say, like, yeah, I, I agree. Most people <clears throat> are like that. I don't think... I think I know a lot about celebrities. I'm not in on the gossip. Like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. But I do know, like, an obscure people, like David Chang. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like, Maddie I couldn't Madison. tell you. Oh fuck! Fucking love that guy. Love that yeah. guy. Yeah. What's his podcast with that? Like that guy from Venice Beach. Oh, I can't remember, but I know that he was in the I bear, love him. and I found it was hilarious that they made him an, like a utility handyman instead of a. Fucking... He's like a writer on the bear. Yeah, yeah. And he did all the food. Yeah, yeah, but he's not in the in, in the a... in the show. He's not a culinary yeah. person at he all. He didn't want to be. No, he's just like the the handyman. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious until the end. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, he was like a, I thought he was like an assistant manager or something. Yeah, he becomes like a maitre d'. Yeah, yeah. Which is dope, but still not a cook, right? Not a cook. Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I find fame so interesting. I think it takes, obviously, it takes a, a different kind of person to be able to stand that. Cool. I've always just loved the idea of the rich and famous, like the the, the elite, like going, like the things yeah. that we have no idea about. Yeah. The, like the backroom conversations, the people, like they all just fucking hang out. Yeah, you want to tell oh, me that there's what... not any conspiracies going on when there's all these rich and powerful people that just hang out day to day? Yeah. It's not a conspiracy to them. I don't, even, want, I don't like... even care. I just want to sit in that room. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Hear what goes on. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say when we were in New York and it was the U.S. Open, blah, 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 blah. We were waiting to go to the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. And we there was a restaurant just down the road called Figaro's. And it was the one place we'd been that we, like, hadn't had spectacular service. It was really busy and everything. We're, like, waiting, 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 sitting. No one come over. No one brought us water. We had menus. But, like, it, it got to a point where I, I got up and I was just like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. Like, we're on a time crunch. Like, we just can we grab a quick cocktail, you know, whatever. The person came over, an older woman, very New Yorker. Turns out she's the owner. Of the place, and it's down the street from the comedy cellar. Okay. She ended up, like, buying us drinks, sitting with us for a little bit, like, chit-chatting, and she was like, you guys truly might, like, Jerry Seinfeld might come out and do a set. She was like, it's the late show, you're there at 1045, and everyone's in town right now for the U.S. Open. Like, there were so many famous people in New York that weekend. No one, we didn't see anyone there, but she was saying that the weekend before or the few weeks before, whatever it was that she had, she had gone to the comedy cellar. She was like, I, I shit you not. I was next to Bradley Cooper. He was sitting there watching the show. Wow. So I was so gassed up thinking, oh my God, I'm going to see someone famous. Yeah. I've only seen one famous person. Really? In real life. Wow. In LA for my bachelorette party. Oh. It was so sick. Who was it? Who'd you see? Can I say? I'm, I mean, we're, we're, we haven't even launched yet, so sure. Uh, um, She was on drugs. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to say. Okay. Well, we were at this, I'm not going to say. We were at this bar, like amazing bar in downtown LA. That's a story I will tell you after. It was so, my bachelorette party was amazing. It was so much fun. But uh, yeah, she came like, the, the line for the women's washroom was so long. So there was a bouncer that was like, hey, there's more washrooms upstairs. Like, let me just take you up there. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we were, it, this club is like a, a straight up like an old Victorian house. It was Sick. so cool. So cool. So I'm like going yeah. down this hallway and he like brings me around the corner. And some different bouncer is like bringing this famous person out. And she's like, <sighs> like so fucked. Like definitely really? just, just did like, a line in the bathroom. Oh <laughs> like oh my so God. fucked. And I was like, oh my God, that's. And he was like, yeah, okay, bathroom. Yep, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. And he was like looking at his ba- the other bouncer being like, fucking get there out of here. Like she can't be seen like this. And I was like. Oh my God! I just saw so and so fucking out of her mind oh, getting you escorted could have snapped, out of the snapped bathroom. Snapped a pick and sent it to TMZ. Got an God easy twenty grand it. for it. You yeah, know? yeah, I think she's since come out being like, "I'm an addict. I'm sober now." <laughs> so yeah, holy it shit, was the whole thing wild. I just think fame is so interesting. It 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 is. It's um, it's the most human but alien thing at the same time. Yeah, you know. It's like, it, it's what people do. We find somebody that we want to, like, worship. And Have like, you seen A Star is Born? Uh, Gaga? Bradley yeah, Cooper? Yeah, I've seen A Star is Born. Do you not like it? I'm not a fan, no. 
I just, I, I get mad when people, it's like, do you ever listen to a cover of a song? And like, and how often do you hear a cover of a song be played and be like, that's better than the original or like this, this artist, this musician. But you've seen the Barbra Streisand, Chris Christopherson? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, but I still like, yeah, like I, I've, the original one's it, good, still pretty good. Don't get me wrong. It was cool. But like, I just, I have a real issue with like there being critical praise for something that's already been done once excellently. You know, like why would it's just it seems like it's just so easy to do. And I don't mean to throw any shade at Bradley Cooper because I know he worked really hard on that project and he did well. He did really good. It was a great like as far as that goes, it's great. But it's like I am not going to give fucking like let's say I'm not going to give Dua Lipa like all my praise for doing like Bohemian Rhapsody or something. You know, it's like. Why are you taking this and like do your own thing? You can borrow from the storyline, sure, but like it's like I'm just not like that's an issue I have with like Hollywood these days a lot is like they seem to be just like banking on our nostalgia and trying to do remakes of everything and they're ruining so many things with it. Like it's why I was like so on the superhero train for a little while because like finally something that's actually like semi original. You know, at least it's borrowed. It's borrowed from comic books, yes, but like, it hasn't been on the big screen yet. You never saw shit like when Iron Man came out. It was like, when the fuck have you ever seen stuff like that? That was insane. And like the whole like billionaire playboy aspect and stuff, cool. But like, I don't know. Oceans though, maybe an exception for me because like uh, that used to be a Rat Pack movie back in the day. Never watched that one. So Oceans 11, 12, 13. Looney. Brad yeah. Pitt, Matt Damon. Can't beat Come that on. cast, man. Oh my god. Fucking Don Who's Cheadle. Your celebrity crush. My celebrity. Oh fuck. Probably Bradley Cooper, honestly. I do. love you. Yeah. I love Bradley Cooper. I do. <laughs> He's so hot. Yeah. It's probably another reason why I didn't like the Star is Born so much. Is because I was ah. like, you're gonna make your direct you're gonna take everything that you are, Bradley. And your incredible performances and all these different varieties of roles and stuff. And you're going to go into your first directorial debut on a, a fucking great job, Adam. On a remake, though. It's different. I, I, maybe I want to give him the, it's different. I tried really hard to be okay with it, but I just. I've truly it, watched it like 35 times. My God. I'm very obsessive. I, yeah, like. Uh, I want, like, I want to not be such a fucking hipster about it. I really do. But I it's just, also like you know how the sausage is made. I feel like, like I do. I, film ruins film. Exactly. It's when I'm watching, like, when I saw the Joker, which I thought was awesome, fucking film, amazing. Walking Phoenix was like incredible. But like, there's the scene where he's breaking down and he hides himself in his fridge, and all I can think is there are 34 people all around this set that you that is making supposed to look like an apartment and they're all watching this guy do this. That's funny they'll uh, in the Armchair Expert podcast. Yeah. When Dax interviews Kristen Bell, his wife. Mm-hmm. They are, obviously it's like they're talking about lots of things but yeah. they in the most recent one they were talking about them watching shows together. Mm-hmm. And they both are just like pausing, pausing, stop. Oh, look at the wig, the yeah. hair. Continuity Watch, errors. Stop, pause. Yeah. What? And they're like, "Oh my god." Oh, like, it's like literally like you start noticing like, "Oh, the collar's tucked a certain way like from one take to another like they're they're whatever food they're like you're looking at things i noticed that though yeah and it's and like, i'm not in there yeah it's 
it becomes really apparent. Like when you start to understand like the structure of how a film is made, like a lot of time, a lot of times, like most of the time, it's not even chronologically, right? Like if we're at a location. Oh, of, yes. And yeah. it's like we have that scene, but this location is used in a scene on four other episodes of this show. Then there's like all these changes that have to happen. And like, it's fun. It's cool. It's just like, it, it, I guess it doesn't necessarily ruin film, but it definitely gives you a greater appreciation for a well-made film because like all of the things that go into making it's the same with anything like i have like friends that are chefs that don't like to eat out Mm, because they're like i why would i pay money for this i don't like i can make it better yeah yeah but it ruins like there's so much more that goes into that don't you love going to the movies like, yeah, enjoy I mean, like, like, like great yeah, movies. The experience go of the, yeah, and experience that's and that's why like, I like work. That's why I got in the movies in the first place. Was like uh, the going to films and like the movies have always been like a big thing. You know, yeah. I wasn't really uh, big on actors and stuff. Like I, I was as much as the next guy, I guess. But like I was always really more into music. I always wanted to be a fucking rock producer when I was younger. I wanted to make like I wanted the next big fucking hard rock band to be under my label. You know, like, yeah, there is. There's still time. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the old Omnia Theater here. Who knows? Deficit just might be a wicked label for something. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff in here. Oh, yeah. We have a, yeah, we got, we got plans. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some cool shit going on. Okay. Um, we just, uh, once we launch, it's, it's been go time since September. Yeah. Like, we've got a huge backlog to go. And like these performances that we have done are good. They're really good. Um, we found a few artists that are going to be like recording in this exact studio and stuff. Um, they're going to be affiliating with us. And, you know, it's going to be a whole thing, but I, I can't wait. Today was supposed to be a big one because we were supposed to have our first fucking full band in here. And they uh, had to drop out last minute, which was good because as you saw when you got to the chaos, it's I was not ready. Yeah, I was knee deep in green fiberglass and fucking around with two giant yeah. doors. Um, but when that starts going on, um, I feel like that's going to be a moment where I can actually like look at the whole thing and be like, holy shit, it's happening. Yeah. You know? like It's great. Yeah. You're looking around at it? It's exciting. Yeah. You've done some good shit. Thank you. Appreciate it. I feel honored to be here. I appreciate it. We've, I'm honored to have you on here, honestly. I think you're probably um, the first real success story that I've had on. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, as far as like um, someone that I've known of, since the beginning and stuff like that, you know, you've really like, you come a long way. You know, we were both just like kids in the same high school back then. And when I heard, when I heard that you were like uh, running your own marketing company, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> of course she is. Like, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And like, it was just good to fucking have you on and get to know you again. Oh yeah. Come and chat with you and shit. We're at like the 215 mark. Okay. So I'm honestly thinking maybe we should just polish it off here do you want to shout out to anybody you got a uh, handle or something you want to throw out on the camera no or like um go ahead i don't want to put my personal out there well, i don't you have... to put your personal out there what about something that would help your yeah i mean out? executive table group there you go executive table group.com executive table group on instagram perfect and tiktok there we go and linkedin awesome yeah perfect. come visit us at our restaurants I'm, I'm sure i will yeah i just want to say my celebrity crush is ben affleck from the town like that person. Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's I love a Boston accent. I want someone that looks like they can, could oh rough my me up a bit. God, really? You like a Boston mm, that's accent? My favorite. My first crush ever. The first time I was like, oh, I think my body just moved. Was Boston <laughs> Rob from Survivor. Jesus Christ! What I the know. hell, Mercedes? We're gonna end it there. <laughs> and with that.
<laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for watching The Deficit. It was great. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode.